the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Wake up! Wake up, we have pal. They need a wake up call. Someday this country's gonna wake up. Wake up and smell the coffee. All right, it's a Thursday, as always, broadcasting live from the drivehubler.com studios. It's the wake-up call right here on The Fan, 93.5, If you're listening online, 1075thefan.com. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton back in producing. Not back. I don't know. He's only off Monday Tuesday. Producing today's effort. Fun show today. Scott Agnes is going to join us one day closer to the Super Bowl. A little Pacers trade deadline, chatter, and much more. KB, a good morning to you sir. How are you? Good morning. I'm a little tired. I'm regretting oh boy. staying up until 11 to watch if Notre Dame could cover. Uh, they did not. Duke hit two free throws with less than a minute to go. <laughs> oh, did they? I saw it was what, two an 18 cover. point game? Is yeah, that what it was? down eight at half. Well, you made it all the way like, to like 11 15? Well, yeah, I don't know. 11 07, something along okay. those lines there. Not so. that you were paying attention. No, and again, a, a big level of regret starting about the under 12 timeout of the second half. But nonetheless, like you said, probably a little bit more of a basketball centric day for us around Super Bowl conversation. We have not dove too deep into the Super Bowl really at all. So whether it's Super Bowl props, I think I said to you guys yesterday, I like a particular MVP bet okay. for this game. So I, I like want to that. share that with you Good. a little bit later. Um, but yes, it is NBA trade deadline day. And I'm a little surprised by the quiet nature to this week so far. And, and I say that because of this. I realize... OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam and right. Terry Rozier. And I mean, we have had yeah, very, those are big moves. very big moves already this cycle. But Andy, just pull up the standings right now. I mean, if you look at the West or if you look at the East, it is crazy, crazy jumbled in both of those conferences. Plus, I keep on hearing about how weak of a draft this is in 2024. I would think that teams would be wanting to you know, offload some of those draft picks as well. Um, so we'll see if, you know, the old phrase of deadline spur action lead to anything. The Pacers do have an open roster spot. That's probably not something we've talked a lot about leading into the deadline, but that is something just to remember. Uh, again, 3 o'clock today when activities will halt for the trade deadline. That is uh, when things stop there, and uh, obviously Pacers and Warriors tonight. Did you see the line, by the way, uh, on tonight's I, game? I have not seen the line, but just to be snarky for a second, and I'll look that up, uh, it's never good when the sexiest name on trade deadline day perhaps is going to be Kelly Olenek. Yeah, Xavier Tillman didn't do anything <laughs> right. for you yesterday? No, I mean, not that they're you know bad players. They're fine players, but you know we talked about Andrew Wiggins. I guess the thought is, you know, I'm looking at ESPN right now and, and other outlets, and unless the Pacers do something, the Pacers are in none of these breakdowns, right? I mean, they are in none of them. You have, you know, will the Knicks do something? You have the Kelly Olenek stuff. You have Sixers Golden have been State. A Team. Yeah, Sixers, Golden State, that sort of thing. Uh, Grizzlies, do the Lakers, you know, LeBron, do they now like D'Angelo Russell? Every year they like and dislike D'Angelo Russell at some point during the season. Those are the conversations. So if there is some sort of sizable swing at all today from the Pacers, it's not being talked about on the internet uh, whatsoever. Mark Dighton, Andy Swinney, what do you guys think? The line for tonight? Without looking it okay, up. Okay, without looking it up, I'll say Pacers four and a half. Four and a half. Mark Dykton, Pacers Warriors, seven <laughs> o'clock inside of game. I feel like I think we need to go what uh, Mark, you need to go either Golden State's favored or the Pacers are favored by say, ten and a half the way he's I'm, talking. I'm gonna say the Warriors are favored by four and a half. Ooh. Warriors last night had 
a game. They didn't need to play their guys, though, late in that game. But this was even before the game last night. Indiana was favored by six, and that actually grew by a point after Golden State's win in Philadelphia. The Pacers are a seven-point favorite tonight. I'm seeing that. Over under 250.5. Give me all of that. I'm loving me some 250.5. Seven-point favorite. I was surprised to see at that level. Again, for those that have not kept up with Golden State this season, um, again, Steph Curry continues to play in these back-to-backs. So for those attending the game tonight, and that is the elephant in the room, anytime Golden State shows up on the schedule, he has played in six of their seven back-to-backs this season. So that is good news on that front. Steph actually didn't play very good last night. Uh, 25 minutes. Did like uh, nine points. Nine point four turnovers yeah. for him. Uh, Golden State, big third quarter. You bring up Andrew Wiggins, Andy. Uh, arguably his best game of the year. <laughs> of course. Uh, uh, I, I guess him and... Him, so I dogged on him for 48 hours. Him, him and Buddy Hill, they're like, hey, uh, wait till we get a final uh, final act here. Uh, but, uh, Wiggins at 21 and 10 in 23 minutes. For those on Trace Jackson Davis watch... Golden State played 13 dudes last night. Trace was the 13th guy to get into the game. So if you just base it off of that, don't really expect a whole lot of Trace Jackson Davis on the floor tonight. Again, it was a big third quarter for them and kind of pulling away from Philadelphia. Obviously, Philadelphia's situation is not good right now, uh, and they were able to rest. No one played more than 29 minutes for Golden State, and this will be a uh, it'll be a small ball look. So this is a night... That Miles Turner, you know, these are one of these games where, you know, Jonathan Kaminga, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, that's the Golden State front court. You know, how does Turner kind of react to that? Uh, that'll obviously be a storyline for tonight. Yeah, I did write down, does Draymond Green do anything tonight? I did just write that down uh, to say that. So we have a lot to do today. Obviously, trade deadline conversation, uh, Super Bowl conversation. What did Brock Bowers, the big-time Georgia tight end, we've talked a lot around here. What did he say on Radio Row? Speaking of Radio Row, did you see who was on Radio Row yesterday there in Vegas? Your boy Sammy Hartman. Really? That, oh, that hair. Yeah. He's uh, he's repping. And tell me if this is funny. He's repping like TurboTax. I don't know what it is. When I think of where I'm going to get my taxes, Sam Hartman's the pitch oh. man for TurboTax. I don't know why I found that funny. Again, you're talking to a human <laughs> that just watched 40 minutes of Notre Dame men's basketball oh, you last stayed night. Up? You didn't sleep all the night before and you stayed up past 11 o'clock. Who the hell for wants Notre Sam Dame? Hartman on Super Bowl radio row? What are you talking about? That's a big get. That's a that's a sixth seventh round pick in the NFL draft. Exactly, it's a backup quarterback, baby. It's Super Bowl week. What are you talking about? That's exactly who you want on your your radio program. You know, I was going to ask you maybe this. the pitches that TurboTax backs you up for your taxes. Well, Andy's, oh, look at that! A, yeah, that's, look at that's, that, Mark. That's good. That's well produced. Uh, kind of playing off of that, I do think. Uh, I think more of the stories come out on you know when and how San Francisco went about drafting Brock Purdy. I think there's an element to what they did with Purdy that I think it's time for the Colts to start to explore that avenue. I, I want to get to that okay. at some point here. I like that. Uh, this week, because I do think, obviously, the Gardner Minshew situation, being a free agent, he wants to be a starter. That ain't happening here. More realistic playing time is elsewhere. I think the future of the Colts and Gardner Minshew is likely over. How should the Colts handle backup QB going forward? Uh, I do think they could learn something from Purdy. And I don't want to sit here and be like, 
you can find, you know, a, 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 a future <laughs> Super Bowl winner with Mr. Relevant. Yeah, no, 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 no. No, you can't. I'm not that dumb. No, this is rare. But there is, I think, something that you can kind of replicate uh, when it comes around to draft time. Scott Agnes will join us at 830. You know, I wanted to mention this because we're going to do uh, a good amount of football today, and there's tons to talk about. Just on the Pacers trade deadline, as we go today, TJ McConnell had some more. You know, yesterday we played the sound of Halliburton backing up his guy, you know, talking about Buddy Heald. We know he and Buddy are friends, but also just talking him up on the court, and we know Buddy, maybe until last game has kind of been going through it the last couple weeks, whether you want to call it a slump or not. Yesterday, uh, off-day media availability for the Pacers. DJ McConnell, we have those clips as well. McConnell said some interesting things, some praise, very praiseworthy are the Pacers. So when we sit here today, uh, whether they do something with Obi Toppin or not, whether they do something uh, with these, you know, with the expiring contract, a buddy healed or not, that will be the conversation. I wanted to ask you this. If we were sitting here today, so if I added this up, right, since the Portland game, right, when they made all of these moves a couple weeks ago, the Pacers are five and six right now. If I took Siakam. Lose three, win three. Lose three, and now they've won two. Yeah, and that's how it's been. We know it's been so up and down. It's been the polar opposites has this team. If they were that and they did not have Siakam. Okay, let's just play this out. And we've seen their, you know, their their, their second act, you know, the the backups and, you know, the the depth of this team. They've been able to win games without Halliburton. If they were 5 and 6 KB and we were sitting here today because you're right. There's been three big moves in the NBA already, right? That's why today, you know, we were joking, but the hot name is Kelly Olynyk, right? It's those types of names. Nothing wrong with that, but that's not the big all-star type name. So Siakam, 11-12 games ago, gets traded uh, in that Portland game. You know, what if we were sitting here today and they had not moved or made the move, I should say, for Pascal Siakam, and they were under, you know, whatever uh, amount of games we wanted to use, they were under 500 in those games, and they had slipped a little bit in the standings. Do you think we would sit here today and say the Pacers and Chad Buchanan and everybody else, you guys got to make a move today? Again, they've already made the move, but what do you think? I guess I was thinking about this last night. What do you think we would say this morning if, you know, the last 12 games, they were two, three games under 500 and you know still doing the minute restriction kind of with Tyrese Halliburton and there's still some good players out there the Knicks make a move perhaps the Sixers make one today what do you think your conversation would be it's a good question um you know again I guess I go back to my preseason thoughts on the Pacers uh five or six seed and win at least 45 games and you know post Siakam trade they continue to kind of be on that path I think they're hovering right around that exact area. I think you would have had probably a little bit of sense of urgency from you know a, a good chunk of the fan base and wanting to see something. Because again, Bruce Brown would fall into the expiring sort of contract, even though it would be a team option for you. Uh, there is a part of it that's probably like you're still keeping the ship somewhat afloat right. with Halliburton. You know, going through his injury situation, it could be positive. That I mean, to your point, it could be. Hey. You know, Halliburton's been out, you've had injuries, and you're around 500, and maybe at this point you're only the seven seed or whatever it is with 25, 26, 27 games left. You know, it's funny. When I went on with John yesterday afternoon, he brought up a word that Kevin Pritchard has loved to use in the past few years of we need optionality. You know, that's that's the sexy word that Kevin Pritchard has used, and he has meant optionality in building. 
we need cap space. We need draft picks. We need some expiring deals. So when insert team calls you and says, hey, we could use you involved in this trade. You want to join us? Oh, we can get Karis LeVert, and then we can parlay that down the road into this and that. The Pacers have been in a position to where they can do that. Now the optionality is almost shifted to Kevin Pritchard to Rick Carlisle. And now the Rick Carlisle optionality is, Rick, you've got a lot of dudes Mm -hmm. that you've played this season. You've trusted in various roles this season. You figure it out. Like you, you... we did a little bit of the exercise yesterday, but Andy, if you go with the starting lineup you have right now, Halliburton, Nemhard, Neesmith, Siakam, Turner, and you get to the playoffs and that rotation goes to eight or nine, let's play out the eight. Heald, Matherin, Jalen Smith. So there's your eight. If you go to nine, what, TJ McConnell? Yeah. So that means no Obi Toppin. That means no Isaiah Jackson. Ben Shepard, That right. means no Ben Shepard. Yeah, Shepherd. those three guys will be left out. Obviously, that means no Jarris Walker. Sure. But again, these are guys at a different point, especially, I mean, hell, Toppin was a starter for you at one point this season. Um, now, sure, you're going to get into foul trouble and things are going to happen where uh, you'll probably have to turn to those guys at some point. But now it's almost like, all right, you've got a decently stacked deck. Now it's onto the coaching staff to figure it out. I am curious this. And this probably was kind of the final conversation, I would assume, for Kevin Pritchard, Chad Buchanan, Kelly Kroskoff, Ted Wu, the whole uh, quartet over there before they you know, finally rested last night. How much can you improve defense by 3 o'clock today? How much do you care about improving defense by 3 o'clock today? Because I don't think the question is you trade a buddy healed for a draft pick. It's, you know, let's take the Sixers, for example. The Sixers seemingly have interest in buddy healed. If you were to make a move with them, you'd be getting some expiring deal of guys that are probably more known for their defensive side of the ball. Right now, Philly looks at it and says, man, we need, A, we need some offense right now without Embiid, and when he gets back, we want some shooting around him. That's the question that I think you have to ask yourself is, to me, Halliburton is so gifted offensively, he lifts guys offensively. Well, that's how I feel. He lifts sure. no one defensively. That's why you've put Nemhard in the starting lineup. Sure, that, That's why you've put Neesmith. Well, even Siakam guarding different him positions. A role. Like, sure. So, OG Ananobi, right. Like, Nemhard, I could line up next to Halliburton, and he could get me six points over the course of an 82-game season. Sounds like a, a decent July debate. Could I score six points over an 82-game <laughs> NBA season? I was just thinking, did a, a year and a half ago you and Jake ever have these conversations? Could I score 10 points if my life Sabonis depended on it? Sabonis is guarding me. He complains for 13 <laughs> seconds on the other end after a foul. Maybe you can sneak and by I him. somehow, you know, bank in an 18-foot jumper from the wing there. But that's the question. Again, how much... And, and do you feel like you've done the... Def- the defense song and dance. No, no, no. We've put Nemhard in the starting lineup. Right. We've Neesmith is now playing a ton of minutes, and our defense has gotten a little bit better in the last couple of months. Obviously, it's still not great, but that's enough. I think that's the question you have specific to Buddy Heald. It's if you move him and what you would get in return. I mean, we've talked about Andrew Wiggins, you know, that type of player. It does that improve you defensively? I, I, I threw the stat at you yesterday, Andy. You know, you've played fifty-two games this season. You've held 13 of those 52 teams under their season average in points. I mean, there's no way to slice it. That's absolutely awful. I mean, the goal should be, at bare minimum, you would hold all 52 to their average. <laughs> like That would be the goal. They've only held 13 below that. So uh, that's the question I think they had to ask themselves late last night. It's, do we want to try and get better there? Do you sacrifice 
the top offense in the league at all if you were to move Buddy? How much would you sacrifice it? I think that's the last question that you had to have going into last night. Yeah, and it's you know I know JMV went on with him. He's always been like, hey, your forte is this offense. He's feed, very pro. Feed offense. the uh-huh. damn feed offense. The beast, and, yeah. and listen, I under I understand that the question would be, and I don't know is yes, you put you you put a defensive type player in this system with this many possessions with this guy. Tyrese Halliburton running the show with Rick Carlisle, who is an elite offensive coach, and you can take a guy who isn't great offensively but is really good defensively and and give him an uptick in that offensive output and how you weigh that uh, against Buddy Heald. I I think the players for the Pacers really want to see Buddy here. For oh, the remainder agree, of this season. I think this I is think, genuine. This is I, not I think just, it is. Uh, I'm getting asked by a teammate. Of course, I'm going to say nice things. I think there is a genuine love and appreciation for what Buddy brings. And I get it. I mean, we we, we talked about it again. When Golden State meets at their shoot-around this morning or breakfast this morning and they show the scouting report, they're not going to have, hey, uh, Buddy's kind of in a slump here as of late. They're going to be like, no, the history of this dude right. is— he can make shots. He can make shots, right. and whoever's guarding him tonight, don't leave him whatsoever. Uh, The other news item to keep an eye on on this Thursday evening, Dwight Freeney, Reggie Wayne, do they get the call to the hall? That is going to be announced tonight at the NFL Honors Show. Um, It's starting to leak a little bit. A few names, it sounds like. I'm seeing that. What, Hester was yesterday, right? We talked about that. Which I I, I think, in all honesty, Julius Peppers, Antonio Gates, Devin Hester, I had kind of penciled Three of the five spots going to those three. Oh, you had you had Hester in. You I, thought I, there, there'd been thought enough movement to get him in. It just in. seemed like again, well, I'm good. If you're going to put a kicker or a punter in, you put Devin Hester such in. Such a unique player <laughs> at a position that obviously doesn't get a whole lot of fanfare. Uh, now the question becomes: Okay, you know, does Andre Johnson get in before Reggie Wayne? Has Tory Holt wait his time? I hate the travel baseball debate that we get with some of these Hall of Fame sorts of nominations here. So we'll touch on that at some point today. Again, that news could be coming later tonight, or is coming later tonight, I should say. We'll see if it involves one or two of those Colts. A lot of basketball, a lot of Super Bowl as well. And shout out to the Sycamores of Indiana State, putting up 100 last night against Valpo. The kids get uh, Chick-fil-A or anything for that? Is there I mean, anything you got for, to. Yeah, does JMV know what happens at Indiana State when the Sycamores hit 100? you got to give them he something, right? talking about his Come house on. at 8th and, was it 8th and Woodlawn? 8th <laughs> and Woodlawn was where our student radio was at IU. Shout out to WIUX. By the way, I've been I've been in that building several have times. You? You're damn right I have. COVID might have started in that building, to be totally <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> now, this was well before COVID. I told you, I had a, I had a girlfriend who went to Bloomington. She had a, she had a radio show. That. Oh, yeah, I've been in that, that studio. Don't worry about well, me. I, I don't I've know if I want to know any more than <laughs> We'll than just that. keep it there. Yeah, like you said, COVID started in that, uh, in that studio. Scott Agnes at 830. <laughs> Scott's never a big fan of trade rumors. I'm curious if there's anything that he actually has heard that he's like, hmm. That might make some sense. And Joey Graziano from the NBA is going to join us in studio coming up at 9. I think a big question that will be front and center a week from today, you know, what is a realistic All-Star weekend for us? If we can't make it to Friday night, if we can't make it to Saturday night, if we can't make it to Sunday, us here locally, uh, what events can we get to? Uh, Joey's got a great story. Uh, He's been living at the JW Marriott for about the past (laughs) month or so. Uh, and he will share all of that coming up at 9 o'clock. I'm Kevin Bowen. He's Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton on the ones and twos. Thank you for tuning in. It is the wake-up call right here on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. 
The Morning Checkdown, brought to you by the Barbasol Horizon League Basketball Championships. March starts here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, March 11th and 12th. All right, your morning check down. Let's start with the Pacers and Warriors. Six and a half, seven or so. That's your spread tonight as uh, Golden State coming in off the back-to-back. They're only 23 and 25 on the season. The Pacers 29 and 23 on the season. They want to finish things out strong before the All-Star break. Here's Tyrese Halliburton. Well, I think just approaching it the right way and uh, understanding that we want to go into All-Star break strong, um, You know, feeling good about where we're at, everybody get a break for themselves mentally, and then coming back together finishing the season strong, um, making a playoff push. So I think that's what we're trying to look at it as. Guys, you don't even hear guys talking about their plans for break or anything like that. Just want to finish these last, whatever it is now, five games uh, strong going into the break. It's our annual Carmel Pups night inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse. I don't know if they call them the Center Grove Tiny Trojans or what other youth basketball teams will be in flock tonight in their Steph Curry jerseys. Uh, again, Steph last night, 25 minutes. Not a great night for him at all, two of seven. Four turnovers. Golden State was really poor in the first quarter and then pulled away big time over Philly. A lot of rest for their main guys, though, in that game. Um, So, again, Steph Curry has played in virtually every back-to-back this season. Good news on that end for those wanting to see Steph. Trace Jackson Davis, 13th guy into the game last night. Three minutes, one bucket for him. Seems like as of late, he has certainly been in some sort of the rotation this season. As of late, though, looks like outside looking in. And as Andy said, it has not been a Golden State-type year at all. There's a reason why Indiana is a nearly seven-point favorite for tonight. 23-25 and 25 on the year, currently outside of the play-in Oof. in the Western Oof. Conference. Uh, last night, hoopage-wise, from a local standpoint, 101. That is what Josh Schertz's bunch did. Uh, 101-61 over Valpo. Valpo stinks. Oh, you think? Yeah, they're two and eleven in the conference God. now. Yeah, they are. They're not good. Not that I'm following Valpo basketball no, on a year to year basis. I, yeah, I got down I'm a not Greg Rakestraw with their schedule. <laughs> oh, I think you? they lost to IEPUI earlier. The Beacons this year. Twenty one wins they on the did. season now for the Sycamores of Indiana State. Robbie Avila with twenty seven, five guys in double figures at Missouri State coming up. On Saturday, if you want to look at the rest of the schedule, again, not a lot left in the Missouri Valley for Indiana State. This game coming up on Saturday, Missouri State would probably qualify as one of the ones that, you know, it's a road game against the middle of the pack team in your conference. Again, important for them to continue to hold serve. Andy, I feel like if they run the table in the regular season, they win a game in Arch Madness. I even think losing in the semifinal could oh, get them you're, in. Now, now you're scaring me. Now you're doing too much. Now, Everybody's now, got them like as a nine seed. Now you're being greedy. Yeah, you know the committee loves TCU. You know, and I'm using TCU as a team that may Is be Jamie on Dixon the bubble off? or or something. By the way, just speaking of Valpo, we did this with a team earlier this year. We we looked into and kind of made fun of one of their wins. The first win of the year by Valpo. I'm oh, looking no. at this. Did you look at this? No, was but a I'm team, nervous. Was a team in Illinois named Trinity Christian, and they have their emblem. It's got to be a prep school. Dude, it's got to be a high school. They have their emblem up on ESPN.com, and I'm looking at it, and it's awesome. It's the best thing I've seen on ESPN. Again, they're in Illinois. Trinity Christian, they're the trolls. 
You look it up, KB, and they have a little troll on ESPN.com. They have like a big a tr- online following. Yeah, here. they have a troll. Have they been canceled yet? <laughs> they have a troll with muscles. He's got muscles. He's dressed up like He-Man. What was Look the score that. of that game? Uh, 161. Valpo won that game. Again, that was back in Bunch whatever, of November. Bugs on the trolls there. Uh, how about Wisconsin losing last night? <laughs> At I mean, Michigan. Purdue's, it's over, right? The regular season Big Ten is over, yeah, I, mean, I feel like. Yeah. Now now it's over. As long as Don't Purdue you feel that way? Yeah, do anything stupid here in the next handful yeah, of the, games. You know, and that would include losing to Indiana, but they're not going to do that on Saturday. Uh, we'll not. preview a little bit of that tomorrow. Tom Coverdale scheduled to join us. Still vetting a uh, Purdue guest for us, but uh, it'll be a busy Friday and closing out the week. Uh, the only other real item of note, Andy, I have is again, uh, NFL honors tonight. We'll see about Dwight Freeney and Reggie Wayne in that candidacy. I've vented about this before. I think it's so stupid how the NFL is, oh, you wait your turn at certain certain positions. No, Marvin Harrison's a Hall of Famer. Right. Put him in Put over him in Andre Reid. I don't sure. care how long Andre Reid had to wait. I feel that way about some of the wideouts on this list in regards to Reggie Wayne. So we'll see. Dwight Freeney, Reggie Wayne tonight eligible to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. I want to say it's year three or four for Reggie, just second or third year for Dwight. Uh, but I don't know. Is there more hope with Freeney than there is? I would say early Reggie. hope because he's still got Andre Johnson. Right. Still got Tor- I think it's Torrey Holt at, at wide out. I think there's some debate of, you know, look at the quarterbacks Andre Johnson played with. Sure. Well, yeah. Matt Schaub, yeah. I, but, I, I, but still, I, I, to me, okay, that's fine. Reggie Wayne played with a good quarterback, a great quarterback. Okay. You I know? think it's a very heavy debate <laughs> in the room on that based off Mike Chappell's comments. So. Uh, if if I had to guess, Dwight Freeney, Reggie Wayne, I'll say one of the two get in. Okay, well that'd be great. I'd love to see Chap get up there, and he he's the one that puts on for these guys, right? Sure. Uh-huh. Oh, I'd love to see that presentation. Yeah. I'd love it. Well, I been they texting joined? back and forth oh, with okay. him and said, Good. "We'll get him if on one tomorrow." One of these two get in. Do you mind waking up with us tomorrow? Well, there you Ch- go. Chap's a sleeper in her. Yeah. So I know Reggie Wayne was going to have like the big party if he made it. Uh, is is Dwight the kind of guy? Is he going to also have? I a, think Dwight uh, would rather play thirty six holes of golf. <laughs> fair enough. So he's like with you Michael. Then. Okay. Yeah. Which all I would right, love yeah, that. Fair enough. Uh, all right. On the other side, we haven't talked a lot about the Super Bowl lead into Sunday. A couple of intriguing props. I like a particular MVP bet. We'll toss your way. And again, I think the Colts can learn something uh, from how the 49ers have handled things quarterback-wise. We'll continue to hit on the NBA trade deadline as we are now, what, let me add the math here, seven and a half hours? Does that sound right? Uh, don't look at me. I'm seven not doing the math. Seven and a half hours away from the NBA trade deadline. Do we see any late activity for the Pacers who do have an open roster spot? Scott Agnes joins us at 8.30 to discuss that. A little Super Bowl chatter on the other side. It is the wake-up call here on a Thursday. Scott Agnes going to join us in about an hour. It's trade deadline day here for the Pacers. We're going to dive into some football. KB's got a couple things on the Colts and uh, what they need to do. Super Bowl 58, all the bets, all the prop bets. I I don't even mind admitting myself. There's so many bets and prop bets. There's just thousands of them. I can't even keep them close. So we'll dive into that here in a second. I feel very good about the Super Bowl prop bet. Okay, Uh, that's the, the final last words before the game will start. I feel good about Phil in the blank, but before length we- of the national anthem, Reba oh, McIntyre. Yeah. Okay, 80, okay, eighty-six and a half seconds. That seems short. Yeah, it does. I'll, I'll take the over there. I'll take the over again. There's going to be the flyovers not matching up yeah. with her. She, you know, lengthens it a little late. <laughs> those really go- wants to hit those go- notes. There's going to be someone who's in attendance who is calling into the Vegas bookmakers that she's consistently, you know, two and a half, three seconds over. That happens every year. The line starts to move on a Saturday uh, or a Sunday morning. But before we get to any of this, okay, uh, and I'm going to give Mark Dykton credit on something. 
We actually, we hid something. And Mark, we did. We did a good job, did we not? We hid something from Kevin Bowen. You ready for this? Uh-huh. Well, uh, we, Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> can I please have your attention? <laughs> we, we have I've a- just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you <laughs> to stop what you're doing and listen. I'm nervous. We, we, have, we have an addition to the show. So we have oh. Joey Graziano coming in here from the NBA, okay. who you said has been camped out for weeks at the Marriott. We will get to him in the 9 o'clock hour, but we're going to back it up a few minutes, and we appreciate Joey uh, being cool with it. Because uh, coming up tonight in Gamebridge, the man who's going to be revving it up. Is Marcus Freeman Mar- joining Marcus us? Freeman. We'll join the show at 9 o'clock. Oh, my God. That's that, that to be a long hit. Am I blushing? Uh, you might be. The shirt's still on. Your shirt, that is. Something's moving uh, over there. I don't know if it's... <laughs> Marcus Freeman uh, is set to join if everything goes as planned at about 9 o'clock today just How to say that? what's up. He'll be in Game Bridge tonight. I fi- I figured you would like that. Look and I this. guess And I guess Mark Notre Dame played along. I said, let's uh-huh. hit him up and just say, hey, he's going to be in town. We got KB here. Give us, you know, give us seven, eight minutes on a Thursday afternoon. Afternoon, I was at the morning. airport. Andy said, "Hey, Carlisle dropped kind of a hint that Marcus is gonna he dropped do the pregame and yeah. maybe reach out." So I was like, "Okay, before I get off the Gosh. jetway, let me now shoot I'm an email." Sweating, guys, on this on this Thursday morning, <laughs> no so, need to work out today. We'll have to get our rivals.com up. I know they're in the top five in the rankings, so we'll have to get ready for nine o'clock. So there it's you a big go. Night inside yeah. of Gamebridge Field. It is a big night I in totally Gamebridge. Forgot that Marcus Freeman is going to be uh, on the ones and twos here, <laughs> so revving it up. He'll be revving it up. I figured you would like that so appreciate the nba being cool moving uh, graziano back just a little bit so i'm sure he's fine sleeping in for five more minutes i don't know he seems like a guy that doesn't sleep at all no getting, he ready, for the, getting no. ready for the nba all-star weekend you're not sleeping at all for i next am week. looking forward to that so well, yeah good. there you so go what, shane steichen uh, i think grace Berger might have been the sandwich in between uh i think she was tuesday night if i'm not mistaken on the rev it up but, yeah, yeah i think shane, you're right shane steichen over the weekend yeah. and uh, yeah. marcus freeman in the building tonight marcus freeman is pretty good everywhere. lineup that man is everywhere uh, he is. Can I give one pace, uh, one one Warriors thing? Yes. But before we move on and do some NFL here, um, I, I I know I'm I'm gonna be the bad guy here for just a second. Maybe not even the bad guy, but I know the Steph Curry effect. I get it. So like you've you've had fun with it that you know tonight there's gonna be hundreds of kids in attendance uh, to see you know to see Steph Curry. And again, I totally get it. You're gonna have all the you're gonna have all the jerseys and everything else. But in reality, like it, it, it's it's interesting, especially if the Warriors don't make a move here. They try one more run towards it. I, the Pacers need to flat out win this game and put it to the Warriors. The Warriors are not a good team. Like, and Steph Curry is a great player, a historically great player. What he has meant to the league is absolutely there in front of you. But I'm kind of done with the pay. I'm kind of done with the Warriors. It's time the Pacers like put it on the Warriors. The you know the Pacers have the better guard here in this game. So the they have the point bigger line players. does not surprise you. Um. I mean, it's a it's it's a back to back. The Pacers are a playoff team. The Warriors aren't. It's a little rich for my blood, just because you can lead by ten and they can come down and you know a backdoor cover. But it's not totally surprising. No, again, I thought it was four and a half five. Instead, it's six and a half seven. So it's just another bucket. But uh, it's time to move the Warriors out of here. I understand the novelty for many years of the Golden State Warriors, but now it's time to put the Steph Curry jerseys away and put the Tyrese Halliburton jerseys on. You know, There's Golden my rant. State I'm done. Had- 
had a really uh, nice performance last night. Again, they are small balling it right now. Jonathan Kaminga, Andrew Wiggins, those are the bigs outside well, of the Pacers. The Pacers can do that. Draymond Siakam, Neesmith, no problem. Yeah, it, it feels like the Pacers want to commit to Turner a little bit more, but I am curious, you know, do you get any looks tonight where Siakam's kind of that five man uh, to try and match up a little bit better with them? Uh, certainly, uh, Clay Thompson has been a big storyline this season for those that haven't followed the Warriors very closely. Uh, did not finish the game the other night, just straight up from a benching standpoint. Uh, did play, or shot it better, I should say, last night. But again, Golden State didn't really have to exert any energy whatsoever in the fourth quarter as they pulled ahead and beat the 76ers last night. Uh, if I threw yeah, like most likely Pacer to get moved, if any, today, would it still still be Buddy Hill? Uh, to me, it would be OB Toppin. To me, it would be Obi Toppin, just because, buddy, it feels like, like I said yesterday, if you're in a playoff series, who is in your rotation, who could win you a game, help win you a game in the postseason, it would be Buddy Heald, that relationship with the other guards, with Tyrese Halliburton. To me, it would be him staying, and I know you may walk away at the end of the year and get nothing back. Uh, so to me, I would say it would be Obi Toppin. Uh, and I don't know if you get much for him, but he would be the one that I would watch today. What about you? Yeah, I, I've kind of gone back and forth on Buddy and, and Obi Toppin. I, I would, you know, Jalen Smith is the expiring contract. I don't think financially it's going to work out. I'd really like to see this team try and retain Jalen Smith. I think he's had a very nice season, and probably haven't talked about it enough, really. And you know, if you want to flirt around with a little bit of small ball tonight, I do think Jalen Smith could, you know, maybe help you out in that area. Um, you know, he's really been that backup for you and we kind of forget I mean like the Daniel Tice experience <laughs> never really became anything of sorts there and Jalen Smith who I don't think lived up to maybe what you thought last season uh, he's really bounced back and had a very strong year for him so that seems to be maybe the other name that you would throw uh, out there so again we'll continue to keep an eye on the trade deadline three o'clock today the Pacers do have an open roster spot uh, and so we'll uh, continue to monitor things if there's anything on that end. All right, I got a Super Bowl right, yeah, let's hear MVP it. Let's go. Let's, that I absolutely let's go. love, right? Yep, so the go. media, uh, they're very polarized on Brock Purdy, correct? <laughs> yeah, I kind of hate the Brock Purdy debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday on Greeny, did you happen to hear any of, of Jeff Saturday? Your boy, boy Jeff Saturday was, I mean, I was locked tw- in. 20 minutes of yelling and screaming about he was backing his guy Brock Purdy. He's all in on Brock so, Purdy. I think it's the foregone conclusion is like the winning team's quarterback wins Super Bowl MVP. Like that's the very popular thought. I mean, hell, if you want to nitpick the Colts Super Bowl, uh, probably Dominique Rhodes and Joseph Adai sure. should have been co-MVPs sure. and not Peyton Manning if you want to go back to that game. I am not. I, I am on the San Francisco train for Sunday, okay? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and announce my pick. I'm okay. picking the 49ers for this game. And that means the MVP should and will go to the 49ers. A simple ten dollar bet for this man nets you two fifty if you're going to win the MVP. Ten dollars for two fifty. How about Debo Samuel? Debo. Okay. I mean, yeah. With the with Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, Debo. I don't know if you could go Brandon Ayuk if you would feel comfortable. But their top three or four offensive weapons. I don't think Kittle will have. Uh, as many yards. I don't think he'll be able to do that. But those three or four guys, right? You'd be all in. You so can take any of those guys, okay? and it's not stupid. The media members don't want to reward Brock Purdy. So he doesn't make it. So sure. he doesn't get the overwhelming right. majority vote. Debo Samuel's game is a, 
you give me the football and I'm gonna I'm gonna make some plays right. with it. Like he, it, he could have not, rushes, catches everything. Sure, there's a variety of ways he can touch the football, and it's not like Brock chucks it 45 yards down the field, makes a great throw. Debo makes you know a a, a catch in stride, and the quarterback gets you know 80 percent of the love for it. Debo's a guy that oftentimes, again, it's him doing a lot of the individual playmaking on his own. So I love the odds on that. Ten dollars to win two fifty? <laughs> give me two Debo Samuel touchdowns. Give me hundred and nineteen all purpose yards and give me the MVP. I'll go with McCaffrey on that one. And then everyone will say, no, well how boring. How, how valuable what are, the odds are on run- that? That'll be the Monday Plus morning thing. How valuable are running backs now in so the $10 NFL? McCaffrey, forty-five bucks. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good, man. I'm gonna have. What about ten to win two fifty? I know I'm gonna have so many bets on the Super Bowl. Anytime someone gains a yard or loses a yard, it's gonna be like I know guys driving around fall into this when you have like seven fantasy football teams, and anytime Terry McLaurin scores a touchdown, it helps you in three of them, and it hurts you in the other four. That's how I'm gonna feel. I am going blue Gatorade bath at plus 275. I will tell yeah, you that. I saw purple is the favorite at yeah. plus, uh, plus 200. How about the longest made field goal over Ooh. under 46 and a half yards? That's such a good number. I'll go over. I'll, I'll go, go over. I'll go under. Harrison Bucker is a great kicker. Now, are we worried about the 49ers kicker, Moody? Didn't he miss oh, one? He st- yeah, yeah he's, uh-huh. he stinks kind of, doesn't he? Should have brought Robbie Gold back. That's How about what they should have done. The double doink? Shortest touchdown. Okay? Shortest touchdown. Okay. Over under one and a half yards. Are we getting a one yard touchdown in the Super Bowl? I'm going to say no, we're not. I'm going to say no, we're not. The way that will happen will be pass interference in the end zone, first and goal at the one yard line. That that would be the one that would bust that Longest for me. Touchdown, thirty nine and a half. Yards. I'll go over. Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll go over there. I'm going to say, well, yeah. Again, you have okay. Well, you have McCaffrey it, could do it. Debo? Debo could do it very well. What well, you better hope so. If that's Debo, just one cast of them. the MVP bet now. Yeah, I, there's a bunch like Bosa, uh, two or more sacks at plus three fifty. Kelsey, eleven or more receptions. That's plus five fifty. Um, I mean, you can get you know first interception of the game if you bet any of these guys. They're all like plus twelve hundred, plus fourteen hundred. I wanted to throw one thing your way, like like I can't an actual Marcus Freeman's joining the show. Uh, you like that? Are you sweating over there? How long do we have him? I mean, I don't know. Ten minutes, maybe? ten twelve minutes, whatever. Yeah. How long would I you mean, like to have them? Yeah, I, mean, I didn't oh, think I, we would do a full in-depth getting ready for spring football type Notre Dame interview. Like to talk the depth chart. <laughs> I would love for you to... Th- Listen, I'm fine with that. I didn't know if the powers that be were like, okay, you know, we have the Super Bowl, we have uh, IU, Purdue, there's trade deadline, the Warriors are in town, everyone's wearing a Steph Curry jersey. Why are the morning jackasses talking to the Notre Dame football coach for 32 minutes? <laughs> We'll just skip the check down. It's nice to see some coaches do hop on the show here, right? Because oh, there are some others believe that it. I don't know. believe in that there's, from a local standpoint. Well, there's, there's a couple. Can I throw one thing your way? Um, a lot's going to be made of Brock Purdy, and obviously, to you me... Jeremiah Johnson call it the Rick Carlisle and Marcus Freeman radio show when he attributes it next <laughs> well, he game. Was, he was on with JMV yesterday, and JMV gave him a hard time, and it didn't sound like Double J was going to back down. Didn't sound that way. I'll have to take that offline, of <laughs> Mr. Peru. Uh, two, two things on this. I think the storylines, if especially if Kansas City wins, um, and you think the Niners are going to win, so I'm interested in what you think. The you know, Brad Spielberger, we don't have time here. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus was on with JMV earlier this week, and he thinks behind the New England Patriots that if the Chiefs win on Sunday – 
it's the second greatest dynasty in sports. Okay, now, we, again, that is that is a perfect debate topic, right? Are they, then you can go through the other teams, the, you know, you can go through some of the, the Cowboys teams and, and go Who's back first, to the Bulls 60s. Or Patriots? Well, again, there's another, there's a, no, he thinks it's the Patriots. You know, the NFL, more difficult to win. The teams that are in the AFC now, what the Chiefs are doing. So that's one thing is, is the greatness of the Kansas City Chiefs, as much as it pains me to say it. Um, I think on the other side, for the Niners, and this is if they win or lose, to me, the Super Bowl a little bit, besides the KC dynasty, is Kyle Shanahan. Is it not? I mean, this is a guy that has made three NFC Championship games. He's a hell of a coach. He has made the Super Bowl. Uh, if he loses again to the Chiefs, it'd be losing twice to Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid and company. And if you go back to their first meeting a few years ago, they led 20 to 10, yeah, 10 point going the into quarter. the fourth quarter. Yeah. And the MO for him has been not closing games, winning the first half, winning the first three quarters, but not being able to close the deal. And so, you know, this will be, you know, to me, Shanahan, I know there's a lot of, hey, Shanahan is a basically a younger Andy Reid who is always knocking on the door, and that ultimately may be the case. But for me, you know, the Niners have been right there, whether it be with Shanahan, whether it be with Harbaugh. you got to think of Harbaugh, um, the success that he had making the Super Bowl multiple NFC championship games. To me, it's the Niners. Can they get over the hump? But it's Kyle Shanahan. Can he, can he close the game? Can he get over the hump and win a Super Bowl? Super Bowl. So, uh, and of course, Brock Purdy will be a part of it. But the dynasty and Shanahan, to me, those are the two big ESPN, CBS, Fox storylines that you'll get after the game on Sunday night. I'm already exhausted of it. Can't we just have a good game? I mean, we, for us, it's been great. We've had things to talk about that we haven't, you know, we haven't spent 24 7 the last three days talking about one football game. Local yep. angles, Drew Tranquil and George Karloftis, certainly two names I think a lot of our, definitely our Northern listening audience will remember. Karloftis, obviously at Purdue, played at West Lafayette. Tranquil, Carroll High School in Fort Wayne has been really key free agent a- acquisition for the Chiefs this year. Uh, you guys heard yesterday we had George Odom on the show, former Colts safety. Uh, he was on with us. Uh, again, not a ton of local flavor when you look at it from a San Francisco standpoint there. Um, they do have Randy Gregory, HSC product there, former Colt Matt Pryor. Willie Sneed, Pride of Ball State, <laughs> sure. on the practice squad there. Or I think Cam Jones, former IU linebacker, on injured reserve for the Chiefs. So a little bit of local flavor for those curious coming up for Sunday night. So I'm good to tease Marcus Freeman at 9 o'clock. You are? Gosh, and unbelievable. 66 minutes from now, uh, a dream comes true. Now, Mike Shrewsbury after that, or are we just focus on Marcus Freeman? Uh, we'll do that Was next week. Was it your birthday? Relax over there. <laughs> Wins Tiger. I'm wearing the hat. <laughs> yeah, She's w- back next w- week. Wins Tiger. Yeah. It's the last time Tiger Woods did like a local radio interview. Has he ever done it? I was going to say, probably like the Palo Alto, you know, ESPN affiliate back, you know, when he signed his letter of intent to go to uh, yeah. Stanford there. I would say it has been a while. Scott Agnes in 30 to talk NBA trade deadline. 
All right, 8 o'clock hour. Love this song. 8 o'clock hour. DriveHubler.com studios. KB and Andy, Mark Dykton as well. Busy, busy show. Scott Agnes going to join us coming up in about a half an hour. Marcus Freeman going to join us just for a couple minutes uh, at the top of the 9 o'clock hour. We'll talk some NBA uh, with Joey Graziano. What a what a family of four can do this weekend if you're not going to be uh, at the games or, you know, the three-point contest or anything like that. Can I give a shout-out to, real quick, uh on somebody locally here. Uh, I think it's, is it IDOT? Is it the Indiana Department of Transportation that does this? But they have filled a nice amount of potholes. <laughs> I got to give them, I got to give them a little bit of credit. The last couple of weeks, we've been ragging on them pretty hard, okay? With the potholes. Your tax dollars at work. Yeah, I, I just, you know, a couple of the ones where you could fit a family of four in. Sure, I've noticed just a family of one I, or I, family yeah, of two. I've noticed it's not going to take the axle off your car or right. make you have to go get a couple new tires that I will have to be doing uh, later on today. But anyway, I just want to, I just... Wanted to show love. A yeah, couple they, of those are filled up. They said it was the earliest they've had to do what they're doing right now. Uh, usually it's another month or so. Because February usually stinks, right? Isn't February usually the worst month? I know. It's usually like an inch closer to the warmer weather. That's when oh, it starts God. to get pretty bad. So, yeah, I have noticed uh, yeah. certainly so a few them. of them. Uh, yeah, it's good for them. High praise after you smoked a tire the other day, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you were texting about yeah, I got, uh, I got tire t- places uh, and stuff. Yeah, I got a tire. I got a tire issue. I have, a, I have the bump on the side of the tire, and I've been great in avoiding the potholes, but I did hit one pretty flush, and I'm wondering if it's, you know, it only takes one. I'm wondering if, if it's the one I hit flush that ultimately doomed me. So, and you can't just get one tire. You got to get a second tire so the tread's the same, right? Yeah, man. Maddie went yeah. two flats in one oh. one, uh, one incident there. It was yeah. quite the uh quite it's 200 the bucks. It is what it is. Uh, again, uh, it's got Agnes coming up at 8.30. Talk a little NBA trade deadline. Mar- and I'm restricted to no football questions with Marcus Freeman. Did I hear this correctly? I mean, you got to keep it under control a little bit, Kev. We can't have you ranting and raving for 20 minutes here. So I have to be I, – I just want our audience to be a little warned. I mean, you know, I'd like to get deep <laughs> into the depth chart – and but I, I understand that spring practice maybe hasn't started just yet, so I, I I've got to keep it to a certain topic or yes. two. Is, is uh-huh. this right? Yeah, okay. they All don't right. they don't want Marcus Freeman to give us a nugget the way Rick Carlisle gives us a nugget. You want to tick they, off Pete Sampson? They, yeah, that's they, a good way to the do JMV it. JMV of South Bend <laughs> whining about this. Exactly. They don't want. Is it Tom Noy who's a guy? He's the only one I know up there. They don't want the Notre Dame media to be frustrated that us, that these jackasses in the morning got a scoop on them with Notre Dame football. It's a big deal. Do you think Marcus Freeman looked at the schedule and the Pacers, again, he is revving up the car tonight yes, at the he Pacer is. game. Do you think he looked at the schedule and said, oh boy, I can bring the kids to see Steph Curry? Yes. Oh, of course. Right? <laughs> yeah. What, you all we win? Okay, yeah. sure. A thousand percent. You don't think the Pistons game, yeah. the first game back the from Kings, the, uh, the Kings NBA game. All-Star break was yeah. very high on hey, the how list? about the Kings? Hey, the Pistons are in town again. Nah, I tell you, it fits perfectly with my schedule. I gotta go recruiting. I'll be gone the rest of the month of February, guys. Uh, that is a he is a very active recruiter on that end. Um, <laughs> I do want to bring this up in relation to the Super Bowl. I know a lot of discourse in regards to Brock Purdy, and you know, okay, obviously, you know, how legit of a QB he is and all that stuff. I do think San Francisco did something a couple years ago in just drafting him. That is probably a tune that I've kind of changed over the last few years. If you remember, San Francisco made the big trade up for Trey Lance. That was in the 2021 draft. Obviously, the Lance thing didn't work out. You know, at that point, it was kind of Garoppolo, and, you know, Garoppolo was almost following an Alex Smith path of like, yeah, he's okay, but he's not, you know, we need a little bit more, we think, to get us over the hump. Obviously, again, the Trey Lance thing did not work out. They came back in that draft right after taking Trey Lance. 
And Kyle Shanahan shared this story. I think Jed York, their owner, has also shared this story of there was a lot of debate when they got to the end of that 2022 draft of what do you spend a late pick on? You know, how do you go about, you know, handling the end of the draft? And I have never been a huge, huge advocate for just throwing a dart necessarily at quarterback on the board. But, and I don't think this is necessarily just because of Purdy. I think a lot of this has to do with Anthony Richardson's presence, the playing style that obviously he's still going to play with, and Shane Sykin as well. I would like to see the Colts draft a QB this cycle, Andy. Now, I, I don't think obviously early. I don't think anything before probably round six, really. Okay, that's. I was going to say, what's your uh, yeah, over under? Like six four and or a half? seven? Okay, so it's it, that late. Okay, because I would like because right now your quarterback depth chart is this: Richardson, Gardner Minshew. Let's put him to the side. He's a free agent. Sam Ellinger is under contract, and Kellen Mond is also under contract. Obviously, outside of Richardson, Shane Sykin has zero ties whatsoever to Ellinger and Mond. And frankly, the Colts have very little ties to those two as well. Yeah, Ellinger was a six-round pick, but what are we now? Three years into it, this will be his third year. It's not like, you know, there's some... You know, Ellinger was more of the Brock Purdy type of, he's played all this college football, uh, all, all these college football games, and, you know, he's not this kind of groom and mold, and, you know, there's a lot to work with there. No, it was kind of a steadying force almost. And when you drafted Ellinger, I would like to see more of the, here's a guy that has a trait or two that Shane Steichen really, really likes. Let's take a stab at it and see if he can grow into being your backup. I still think you need to go out and find a backup, assuming Minshew does leave and go elsewhere. But I would also like to see one draft in it. And I don't know, maybe it is the situation where you do move on from Ellinger or you do, you know, uh, move on from, you know, Kellen Mond was signed during the middle of the season. So obviously not a lot of ties there whatsoever, but I think it's important, Andy, with how Anthony Richardson plays the game of football and how you want him to continue to play the game of football. I would say every year to every other year, knowing Shane Steichen and I think his ability to develop quarterbacks, I would say, go ahead, draft one. Yeah. The success rate, not going to be, very high on it, but you know what? You never know, and that position is so damn important. Look at the Cleveland Browns this year. The more the merrier, and that's something I would like to see come late April. This season, this coming season, do you want the backup quarterback to be, let's move again, Minshew aside, because don't you kind of feel like Minshew, somebody will give him a chance to go in there and compete in some way? Listen, I'll even throw the New York Giants in there. Daniel Jones is a mess. Maybe they think that, hey, Minshew can be the guy there for a year. It's not going to be a five-year deal, but I don't know. Let's move Minshew aside. Do you want if they draft somebody, do you want that guy year number one to be the backup, or do you no, feel okay? No, so no. they still need to do work. Yeah, that is still and, and, I mean, a look piece at the of list, the puzzle. You know, Tannehill, Tyler Huntley. I mean, how Jacoby Brissett is out there. I know a lot of these names. Sure, people just totally scoff at, but you know, somebody like that would probably be the backup route that I would go. Well, with. and and again, Minshew to me, Andy, he wants to start. No way do I see him getting an actual starting job. But again. I see him getting a, hey, you come here, and there is a, whatever, a 38% chance you play. Right. You're in Indianapolis, unless Richardson no, gets it, hurt. It's only Richardson getting playing. injured again. No, it's only, yeah. and you know that. You know that going in. Now, they did draft, you mentioned, Ellinger in 21, uh, Jacob Eason in the fourth round in 2020. I mean, that's a pretty high pick for Jacob Eason. I'm just remembering that now as we're going through uh, some of these picks by Ballard. I am with you, and I'm probably... 
Boy, I know Shane Steichen and company said that, you know, they weren't changing the offense, but the offense is different. And there, I mean, there's no, there's no, that's not against Sam, uh, Sam Ellinger. That's not against Gardner Minshew. It's reality that the offense, of course, was different between what Gardner Minshew can do and not do and what Anthony Richardson can do and not do. I mean, Anthony Richardson can force the ball down the field. That was our entire conversation on Alec Pierce. Wow, we need to wait for Pierce for when Richardson gets back. And obviously, you saw that even in four or five games, what Anthony can do running the football, what they, it's like the Buddy Heald effect. You have to respect Buddy Heald, uh, the spacing. You have to respect him on the floor. It's the same for Anthony Richardson. You have to respect, hey, is he going to be able to run? Is he going to pitch it at the last second? We saw that especially uh, in in that Texans game. So to me, draft-wise and even backup-wise, I would like to see them have a quarterback that can do some of that so they get some of that in the running game with Anthony Richardson. So but listen, you, I, I'm I with you. Spend would, a fifth rounder. I, I'm even higher. I'm saying give me a fifth rounder if it's somebody that Shane Steichen likes. How do you weigh experience in your backup versus playing style similar to Richardson? It's a great question. Can I get can I get both? I, I get Move. both I get Move. both with Huntley. Do Good I luck. not? I mean, Probably does have that much experience. He played a lot two years ago. Yeah, he's a he pro bowler. In, yeah, he. he was, I think there's this like misconception last on no, last year. He didn't play a lot this past season. He I did. think there's this misconception on like what Tyler Huntley has done when he's coming to games too. I mean, Baltimore has a great roster, right? Well, they have a great defense and they kick 65 yard field goals. So yeah, it's much easier for but a backup quarterback. I mean, it's not like he's you know no, he's got 300 yards a game as no. a as a no. starter. Even with that there, so. Um, of course, any backup QB you have, there will be flaws. There will be obvious sorts of critiques. Uh, there's a reason why that guy is a backup, and it's a very difficult situation to be thrown into there. I also think there is an element, and this is really hard to gauge, there's an element of fit matters. And I hate to kind of throw Ryan Tannehill under the bus for it, because I, do, I thought his comments were a little overblown, but remember when they drafted Malik Willis, he had that comment of like, it's not my job to groom him. Oh, yeah. And right. I do think... Whoever is behind Anthony Richardson moving forward. That's part of it. That is part of it. it, it Whether is. you like it or yeah. not. And Minshew talked about that. It was good with it. That is part of it. And you have to be accepting of that role. So, you know, how the Colts handle backup QB, uh, I think will be very interesting to see here in the next couple of months. Uh, help me here. Uh, Lance, uh, what, what, Trey Lance. They said. I was going Lance Jones. I was Lance Jones. Trey Lance. They said it's come out now that Shanahan and, oh goodness, the former player, help me here, John Lynch, that that they knew pretty damn quick that that Purdy was going to be the guy and not even like a Sam Darnold and, a, and not Trey Lance. A, do you believe them? Uh, and I just always think of what if that happened and then you fill in the team of if you drafted Anthony Richardson in the seventh round, you end up taking a guy, you know, a kid from TCU and that ended up being the guy. I'm trying to decide if I believe the 49ers with all not. the Trey Lance and Brian mm-hmm. Purdy stuff. That's basically no. what I was trying to ask you. Yeah, it sounds like uh, <laughs> the Rudy plot all of a sudden being altered for Hollywood. Like we knew after four practices that this guy was better than, you know, former top pick and Sam Darnold and Trey Lance that we traded the entire organization for. And then the other thing, like if it's Shanahan, imagine Shanahan going to Lynch. It's like, yeah, we mortgage the future. Even though we have this great roster, we mortgage the entire future. 
And I hate to tell you, but the guy that we took, what did Lance go? Like two, three overall, whatever it was. Yeah, three. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Trey Lance, he's not our guy. The multiple picks and everything else, he's not our guy. It's Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy who looks like, uh, you know, a, a guy that you would see at the mall, right? He looks like just any normal dude walking down the street. I don't know. I just imagine that conversation between Shanahan and John Lynch. Will Nikki Sweeney be on her feet for Usher? No, I don't. I don't think so. We haven't had that conversation. I don't think so. Have you seen the favorites to join Usher on stage? This seems to be kind of yeah. the new thing, right? Give them to me. Oh, Others, you, have, you have to have cameos. You know, joining. Oh, sure. You oh, got Will John and Ludacris have got to be there. Yeah. Little John, Ludacris, the heavy favorites, Alicia Keys. Ooh, rounding okay. out there. Okay. Alicia Keys, you, t- you talk about some vocals right there. Okay. I'm, now, you still I'm good didn't with answer that. My, my political prop from yesterday. Okay. Uh, what's higher, the Biden approval rating or Christian McCaffrey's receiving yards? Uh, I'm taking McCaffrey. I'm yeah. taking McCaffrey. As, I mean, no offense. What, what is, and I asked this in all seriousness. What is the Biden? Okay. Well, that's what I I thought you may have known that. I can look that approval up. Rating. No, oh, I, hang I, on. I knew the Trump age. Trump's age is 77. I, I didn't realize he was that old. Uh, Trump's age is 77. Travis Kelsey <laughs> receiving yards. What what what's higher? Is that's Kelsey going to eclipse the Trump age? That's the whole. That's the whole thing. Is these guys are really old running that, for president? I think the sadder thing is that these are the best we've got. 42 percent. 30 million. Okay, so 42 for Christian McCaffrey. 42 on that. I'm looking. Oh, I'm going. I'm going over. Yeah, I'll go over. That seems like an over, right? Yeah, I mean, all he needs but is... But Vegas is not that dumb. Has McCaffrey been under 42? Well, let me look it up. lately? Uh, let me and look Vegas it up. Vegas wasn't born yesterday. No, they were not born yesterday. Speaking of Vegas, you see the guy on the sphere on the, on the, on the sphere yesterday? They climbed the, uh, they climbed oh, the globe? Oh, no. Did he climb Oh, it? you didn't see that? No. Oh, yeah. It's like right when we were kind of going off the air, maybe even 11 a.m. Is he good? Is he alive? Well, everyone's like, a drunk guy is climbing the sphere. And I'm like, okay, he's not drunk doing this. He'd be falling off. If, if he were drunk, he was an activist. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, all right, here's here's receiving. Uh, five for 42 against Detroit. Uh, did, did, he had 30 yards against Green Bay. Okay, I mean, so listen, this is not a, yeah, a no, slam dunk. He only has one, two, three, four games this season, including the postseason, that went over 40, uh, what did we say, 42? That went over 42 yards. So the odds are that he would go under in the Super Bowl. The other one, the other bet that I like in relation, again, I, I am a San Francisco win in a close game. Hear me out on this one. Okay, let's hear it. For plus 310, okay, so $10 bet, 31 in return. If San Francisco wins by one, two, three, four, five, or six points. So if you like San Francisco in that, th- you know, 27-23, 27-24, right. something along those lines, you get plus 310. Okay. To me, that is pretty enticing. You want to obviously bump it up a little bit. That You're cheering for an entertainment there, entertaining game, certainly. And then a uh, close 49ers victory. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to – listen, I want the Niners to win. I, I think I'm going to just go opposite and say I'm going to ride with my man Jay Cook, Jimmy Cook, and probably end up going with the Chiefs Oh, did you get a one. Chiefs ring from I him? Did, I did not get – he has not proposed uh, a Chief ring well. to me. Although Jimmy needs to put – for people that don't know, on game day, Jimmy Cook takes his wedding ring off. Query and company, I'm sure, will talk about it. They have talked about it. And he puts a, a – uh, a fake, I would imagine, fake diamonds, and he puts a, a Chiefs championship ring on. I, I think he needs to put that on Twitter. I would like to see that. I'd also like to see his wife's reaction every time he does that. Well, maybe she has the ring too. Maybe she's in. On, maybe she's in on the bit. Who will be seen first during the national anthem? Taylor Swift at minus one thirty-five. Jason Kelsey at plus one twenty. 
or both at the same time at plus 350? Uh, Taylor. Boy, I'm going to say Taylor, but if Kelsey is... If you don't you can tell Taylor for later in the National Anthem? Oh, no. You put, a, no. you put Taylor Swift on TV as much as you can on Sunday. If you're CBS, yeah, this is the expanded audience thing. Yeah. So that, th- th- I think this like, is the time to do it. I thought I think I saw like over under six and a half Taylor Swift camera shots. That's way over. You have to go way over. over. Yeah, you got to think if they score, you know, if Kelsey has a touchdown, there's one. You have the national anthem. There's two. If they win or lose, there's three. They'll show her. Now I need a couple out to during Usher the game. Too. Yeah. Oh, they're a halftime one. There's four. I got four without without them even going back to Taylor Swift. But the the question would be. So she's Definitely there because right now she's in Tokyo, correct? Right. No, I guess the Japanese no, embassy has already said yeah, like she'll make it. Don't did, worry. Did you see that? It kind of made me a little sick to my stomach. I was like, okay, yeah. The United States embassy in in, in Japan was like, this is going to work out. Here's how it's going to work out. She'll get the appropriate, you know, sleep uh, or whatever. Can I play you one other piece of sound sure. as we're talking some NFL? What's your thoughts on this? So yesterday, your favorite uh, uh, analyst, Mike Pro, uh, Mike Florio. Uh, pro he football sucks. talking again. I'm saying that with a again, smile. I'm crossing his to, name to off my, on possible Go guests. ahead and write, hit, write him off. So Mike Florio, they had on Brock Bowers. And Brock Bowers, of course, the Georgia tight end. We've talked a lot about him. You know, would that be somebody if he fell to 15? Would that be somebody that we would want? Would that be somebody that Chris Ballard, you have to put weapons in the tight end position? We know what that is. Kind of in flux, if you will, with the Colts. Uh, He was asked, hey, if you could play anywhere, if you could pick, where would it be? Take a listen. I know you can't control it, but if you could, where would you want to go? Whoever wants to take me, I mean, I'd, I'd say it's hard to say. I'd, I'd love to go to. Um, he wants the Niners to get rid of Kittle, and then he wants to go to the 49ers. <laughs> I'd be all right. Let him say it. I'd be all right with going to the, the Tennessee Titans. I mean, I liked it down really? in, in the Georgia, yeah. Tennessee area. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I thought it was cool, but uh, yeah, that'd be a cool spot to Yeah, be. you hear that, Titans? I mean, how about that? Spoken like a true SEC guy. <laughs> Like Brock Bowers is, he's not, he's saying that because he wants to go to Nashville, right? Seventh pick, right? Is that where the Titans are? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's only, that is only because of the city of Nashville. That can't be, I mean, it's not because of Big Brian Callahan, is it? Levis fan? (laughs) Maybe you know what? I'm going to say no because I don't know how many fans Will Levis has. I mean, how far is Athens from Knoxville? A couple, or uh, not Knoxville, from Nashville. A couple hours? I I mean, I, I guess. Yeah, but Colts fans can't like that. Now, ultimately, it doesn't matter. If he gets here, he's going to say, I, lo- yeah, I tell you, I love this city. I love it's this city. It's all the bachelorette parties. I, I, I was, uh, I, that's, what, I mean, that's what it is. I do not blame Brock Bowers whatsoever for <laughs> yeah. that answer. Yeah. He knows what's up. All right, I'm looking this up. What What did you say? Athens, Georgia? It, I'm telling you, Nashville is the new city of the South. Three hours, four hours? Oh, it's got to be something. I'll figure it out here. Give me a second. Athens, Georgia. I guess Tennessee does need a tight end when you look at their... I mean, hell, Tennessee needs a lot. Now that I, think I was about, about to it. say they had, what, five, four or five wins last year. They need a lot of things. So it's five hours and 12 minutes. Oh, wow, it's that long. If you're trying to go from uh, from Athens, Georgia to Nashville. So it just wants to be go. closer to Dollywood. Actually, it's not that long. Why did it, it gave me uh, It gave me Atlanta. No, cut that in. A, cut a couple hours. It's about three hours. Yeah, it's do you about think Bowers hours. gets out of the top ten? Uh, I do not. I believe Bowers will not get to the Indianapolis Colts. It's a nice conversation so no, for us, but I don't think he gets to, no uh, to us. No Kyle Pitts, no Eric Ebron, no even T.J. Hawkinson to a degree. No, like you know, big big worry about that's too rich for a tight yeah, end. Yeah, it only it only takes one team. I think he's. Don't you feel like later on this month and going into March when the uh, when the combine kicks off? Don't you feel like he'll be 
one of those guys that will show out well. I mean, there's just guys well, who are like, and honestly, show out well, with and that's Bowers, him. I don't even care about the – I mean, that so dude – So he probably might – yeah, he might not even do anything. Dominate in the SEC. Yeah. I mean, dominate. I don't know what his ankle feels conference. like, but I love him going out and saying, oh, yeah, I'd love to go to Nashville. Oh, yeah, okay. All right. Well, well, yeah, I mean, he is – trust me, he's seen the talent off the field there. He's no uh, <laughs> he's no idiot. Uh, Scott Agnes joins <laughs> us in a few to talk Pacers trade deadline. Uh, before that, let's hit a morning check down. The Morning Checkdown, brought to you by the Barbasol Horizon League Basketball Championships. March starts here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, March 11th and 12th. All right, tonight in GameBridge, it's Pacers and Warriors. Again, 6.30-hour coverage beginning right here on the fans. 7 o'clock tip-off. I almost called him Wayne Turner. Why would I call him Wayne Turner? Miles Turner yesterday speaking with the media, getting ready. Can't wait to play the Golden State Warriors. They play different than any other team in the league, you know, so they obviously present their challenges um i think that they have they obviously their system's been you know working to click for you know for years now so it's just being able to adjust to that system being able to uh uh just on the fly realize that you know there's some great players in the team they're gonna make some good shots and um you gotta tip your cap move on just get ready for, uh, for the next play you know just uh really absorb the moment like KB has said, the Warriors coming off a back-to-back. They won last night in Golden State, uh, or I should say in uh, Philadelphia, 127-104. Again, that game, 7 o'clock tonight. Hear it right here on The Fan. And last night for Golden State, they scored 15 in the first quarter, but then erupted in the third, 43 points in that quarter against the Sixers. None of their star – well, nobody on the team played more than 29 minutes, so it was – Certainly a game, but again, nothing taxing from a fourth quarter standpoint. Steph Curry, 25 minutes played, two of seven, nine points for turnovers. For those curious about Trace Jackson Davis, seeing him tonight, he had 12 Warriors get in the game before him last night. Three minutes, one bucket for the Center Grove and Indiana products. All right, shifting gears to uh, college basketball from last night. Statewide out in Terre Haute, 101 for Josh Schertz's bunch. 101-61 over Valpo. Robbie Avila with 27. Five uh, players in double figures for the Sycamores there. They get their 21st win of the season. I think I saw a stat last night that ties the most in all of college basketball. 21 wins for the Sycamores. Um, Speaking of kind of bubble talk, I know they didn't play last night. I saw Joe Lenardi com- continue to move Butler up. up. Yeah, they moved uh, up. More into the dance. They are out of the play-in uh, in Dayton there. So good news on that end. I was, you know, again, up late watching Notre Dame and Duke. Don't ask me why, but I was flipping back and forth between Providence and Creighton uh, in overtime. Providence beats it's a big Creighton. Win. That is a big win. So, again, Butler-Providence coming up Saturday afternoon at Hinkle. Right now, I think you'd say Butler somewhat comfortably in the tournament. Providence, not as much, but they are knocking on that bubble door. Again, a big win last night for them. So important one for the Bulldogs as they are now at home for the next couple. And, and by the way, Wisconsin lost last night as well. So Purdue is two games clear of Wisconsin and a game and a half clear of Illinois. To me, to me, last night ended the Big Ten regular season. Did it not? Purdue will win that. Now that Wisconsin has fallen off the last two games, it's just my opinion because I don't see Purdue losing too many games the rest of the year. That Maybe line, just one more. Saturday night in Mackey, 13 and a half over and under on that for Purdue and Indiana. Uh, I will take Purdue on that. I will take the 13 and a half. You think it'll be higher than that? Oh, oh, you're giving me that number. Right, it will uh, be higher. No, I think that's a great number. I think we talked about this yesterday. I think 13 and a half is spot on. I think that's a good line. I think it's a fair line, quite frankly. Yeah, and again, we'll see if there's any update. I know Michael Woodson meeting the media later today on the Khalil Ware front after that awkward fall he had late in the game at Ohio State. Uh, Xavier Johnson, though, remains 
doubtful for that one. Again, 8 o'clock Saturday night, that is on Fox. Something to keep an eye out for in about 12 hours. NFL Honors Show tonight. Dwight Freeney, Reggie Wayne, both up for Hall of Fame candidacy. Uh, those announcements will come tonight. Sounds like some leakage on that end. Uh, Devin Hester, uh, Julius Peppers reportedly already going to be inducted in the Hall of Fame. I'd assume Antonio Gates would join that group as well. So that would leave a couple of spots. Again, Andy, I'm going to guess one of Freeney or Wayne will get the call to Canton here coming up later tonight. But we'll see about that uh, here later. I don't yeah, really recall there so. being this much leakage ahead of a Hall of Fame announcement. Do you? Yeah, and I think the difference is now uh, in Mike Chappell, uh, might have him on if uh, one of these two get in tomorrow. We can ask him about it. They did the you know voting process a couple of weeks ago. So kind of sworn to secrecy for a few weeks now on that end. And I think in years past, you had literally done the debates on like a Saturday morning into Saturday afternoon and then made the announcement that night. Yeah. So there wasn't a whole lot of time. To well, the big tall guy, I always forget it. his name. David would go, Baker. Yeah, he'd go knock. Biggest human in the oh, world. He'd go knock on your door and you'd get the bear hug. But now, I mean, that's one of the best things the NFL did. I, I know he retired, but I that's something I wish they would have kept going anyway. Doesn't matter. Yeah, and I guess the NFL Honors Show has never really been something that's like taken off. I feel like the NFL has tried for this like end of the year award show, and I don't think you know it used to be on Saturday night. I think that gets lost in the shuffle. I don't know. Maybe a lot of people tune into it tonight, but uh, I, I I've never like considered it appointment television by any means. Now, regardless, uh, hope, hopefully both those guys will eventually make it. Hopefully one makes them, and we can talk to Chap and get the guys on the air on one of the shows here. Scott Agnes, NBA trade deadline, 3 o'clock today. Does he like anything? Is there anything that he thinks is somewhat realistic? Scott, usually skeptic when it comes to a lot of this stuff. Uh, we'll ask him that on the other side. Reminder, we have uh, hope to have a couple minutes. Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman set to join us uh, in about a half an hour. He's going to be revving it up tonight there uh, in Gamebridge. So we'll uh, we'll talk I'll a be lot polishing of the that. car and making sure the wheels are <laughs> shiny and looking good. We'll be washing his car later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, sir, uh, Mr. Freeman. Whatever right. you need, what, Mr. Yep, Freeman. Yep. Whatever you need. Uh, I'm surprised. Uh, this is my yeah. friend Boomer. Do we, <laughs> would you like to meet him? <laughs> That's fantastic. So uh, we'll have him. We'll talk some NBA All-Star weekend festivities as well coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, but let's go on out to the Payless Liquors Hotline from Fieldhouse File. Scott Agnes joining us here uh, on the wake-up call on this Thursday. Scott, good morning. Let's jump right into it. Uh, KB says, you're a little skeptical when it comes to trade deadline talk. So, uh, as it pertains to the Pacers today, do you think we'll see any movement? And if they could make uh, a move, what move, in your opinion, should they make, if any? Yeah, good morning, guys. It, it's It's been interesting to watch this whole market develop, I would say, first of all, because we've seen, you know, the key moves, I think, already happen, right? You could even go all the way back to the early part of the season, what, late October with James Harden, then OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, et cetera. Um, and so right now, all we've had are moves kind of on the periphery, you know, a, a expiring contract for a second round pick. But you'll see more today, to be sure. Um, and if the Pacers got involved, I know they've they've had talks with teams about Buddy Heald, about that possibility, um, trying to do their due diligence with him being in an expiring contract and uh, seeming like that relationship uh, will be over. It's just a matter of now or when his contract is up at the end of the season um, here moving forward. And so uh, it's trying to see if there's a possibility that makes sense for the team and in, in which dealing him now 
does make sense, right, uh, in terms of losing his contributions and his talent. You don't want to uh, lose him for nothing, both in terms of right now and his on-court contributions. There's contracts that can make it make sense. Um, but then outside of that, I, I really don't think there's much going on um, as far as I'm aware right now. Um, so I think that would kind of be the move. So I think right now, Andy, it's more likely than not that the Pacers made their move three weeks ago with Pascal Siakam. Scott, I, I brought this up earlier. I know, yeah, you aren't refreshing the trade machine by any means on ESPN, and you aren't a big rumor guy. Is there anything you've heard Pacers related in the last 24, 40 hours that, like, makes sense to you? Like, I feel like a lot of times you hear this, and I'm like, okay, that makes zero sense whatsoever. With your intel, is there anything that you have heard that's like, all right, I, I could kind of see where that might grow with some legs? Uh, not particularly, no. Um, because the things I've heard, it, it just—it's it, gotta—it's gotta make sense. Um, and not in like an outrageous sense, but um, would you take on a—you know—a guy that's truly not playing right now um, or limited to 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 move on for Buddy? Absolutely not, because it, that would that would hamper this team. And what would that tell this group um, if you made a, a deal like that? Um, and, and there, there is a market, I believe, for Buddy. Um, it, it's not robust. It's, it's not sitting there like, are you weighing your options in terms of what different deals are out there? Uh, meaning, you know, you know, is it a player and a couple first-round picks? No, it's not like that. It, it could be player for player. I think if you added a first-round pick, that would, that would certainly pique their interest a little bit more. Uh, but no, KB. Um, that's why I don't mean even mention anything in particular because, as far as I know, most of it's just kind of the the normal uh, the communication between the the executives. Hey, wh- what's it what's it look like for this guy? Nah, okay, all right, let me call around that type of thing. Just typical banter between the executives, and and we saw some of it at the Mad Ants game. In fact, last night uh, when the Pacers had two execs and four scouts sitting front row. Will we uh, hear from Kevin Pritchard today? I, I kind of forget how that works. Trade deadline, do we usually hear from him? Uh, or I guess Chad I w- Buchanan, I, w- I don't know. Chad's taken certainly much more of a you know front face with the media here lately. Yeah, that's fair. He's he's done the, the media responsibilities over, over the last, I don't know, six months, more frequently to be sure. Um, I, I think it all comes down to how, how tight things are um, for today, right? If nothing else happens... I think there's a possibility they could bring one out before the Golden State Warriors game. That's something they have often done is um, brought out, you know, Chad or Kevin uh, before the media. Kevin did it at this time last year. He was the one sitting at the the interview room talking about uh, the possibilities that that didn't happen and and moving on from Goga uh, and then ultimately that Milwaukee deal that went through and acquiring George Hill and how he even gave the option of George Hill not to not come here and, and George said no I'm coming here I want to play here and in fact George still would still like to be here um, but to answer your question I have not heard in anything official uh, but I think you could see uh, one of those two come out before tonight's game only because. Uh, their deal was already done uh, uh, several weeks ago, and we have not heard from them yet. Scott Agnes with us here. He's a Pacers beat writer, Fieldhouse Files. You want to follow hit any of his uh, information, all, and it's always good information. We uh, appreciate him joining us here on The Fan. Were you pro or anti the Pacers going after uh, after a guy like Andrew Wiggins? 
I am against that. No, I, I, uh, among the things I think Kevin was meaning more had I heard things specifically kind of tied to Buddy, but if he just meant in the basic landscape, like like Andrew Wiggins, like I think there was Isaac Okoro and yep. maybe Royce O'Neal connection. Yep, and none of those add up really for me too much. Um, I also get a get a laugh out of it whenever uh, a player is tied or mentioned in a story and then there's like eight teams connected and I go all right well that's just we've they've had conversations they've looked into that is not you know a team is tied to that guy that's that's the one thing you got to know in those circumstances now uh, with Wiggins that's just so much of a contract that it, it almost totally caps you out I haven't even haven't, I haven't even looked at the numbers, but it, it does, uh, you, Scott. Scott, you, it does. It, it would be a big swing for them. I mean, they would have to sit right. with with Wiggins for a couple years before he was on an expiring deal, and maybe they could move him. <laughs> but you'd be you'd be sitting with him for two more seasons. You would. Yeah, yeah, and you got to remember, you're you're already in for my, my, uh, Tyree Halliburton with a max contract. The, you're working under the condition that. Pascal Siakam has a max contract, so now you throw in Andrew Wiggins' an- annual salary, and uh, that just totally straps your flexibility in what you're doing. And for a player that has has some bright moments, has some, um, you know, the, the playoff series they had a couple years ago, his defense and some of his offensive production, he outplayed a guy like Clay Thompson for much of the time. But I think we've seen that regress a lot. There is a reason the opposing team wants to move on from him. And that's typically where I leave it. And Scott Agnes with us, Fieldhouse Files, where you can find his work. Obviously a busy day, 3 o'clock trade deadline, and then Pacers and Warriors coming up tonight. Scott, uh, I've gotten this question a couple of, I got, I guess, kind of two uh, heavy Twitter-related questions that I will throw at you. First, a lot okay. of people have asked about the Hornets and buying out Gordon Hayward. I don't know if the local angle is why so many people have kind of concentrated on that or not. Uh, could you see that all being a possibility? Gordon Hayward joining the Pacers. I've made my thoughts known on that. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, right now he's 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 just about healthy. I would expect him to return probably the next game. Um, but in terms of his fit here, I think – I believe he is interested in being here. I do not think it will probably happen in a buyout standpoint. Um, right now, he, I, I think – He's trying to get through this season. He was completely healthy until a random injury hit him, and then he's been out for, uh, I think, what feels like six weeks or something here with a calf strain. Um, but again, also, uh, they're, they're, they're in the Charlotte situation, and I think the biggest thing with those within the Hornets is they have new ownership. It's no longer MJ. It's not his show. They have new ownership who's getting his first time behind the wheel as an owner. And so they're trying to figure out what's, What's he like? How does he run ship? Is he a guy that's wanting to tear it down? Is he a guy that wants to rebuild on the fly? What's his ownership style? So that's what they're trying to figure out there. Um, So I will say, and I'll have a feature coming out about Gordon, when he gets healthy and returns, I've kind of been holding it. Um, But I think he has interest in returning potentially. Um, But I I don't think anything would happen in a buyout market. I'd be surprised if he gets bought out. Okay, and then – we saw this announcement maybe a month or so ago where the regional sports networks um, were going over to Amazon Prime. I, I, I don't know if I have all this information 100% accurate, so feel free to correct me on that. But there was talk, okay, you know, will you know, Bally Sports, will I now be able to watch the Pacers uh, if I have an Amazon Prime account? What can you update us on that end? 
Yeah, so that was under a, a new filing, and, and this all still would need to be approved by a bankruptcy judge. So as far as I know, I would not expect any changes for this season in particular. Um, after this season, there I believe there would have to be a renewal of their contract. Um, first of all, between Pacers and, and Bally Sports is at least my current understanding. Um, I even have reached out to some people within – uh, Bally Sports and that whole group over the last several weeks to try to better understand it myself. And we're all in this kind of together, but uh, it needs to be improved by a bankruptcy judge still, KB. Um, but the, the point of the deal, so let's, let's type hy- hypothetically about next season, would be you are a prime subscriber, you would be in, you do not have a AT&T or a Comcast and do not get Valley Sports Indiana over your cable package. So you could use your Prime account, which you already pay for. There would be an additional fee. This is not included in Prime, like Prime uh, Thursday Night Football. You could pay an additional fee and purchase whatever they call it. I don't expect it to be called, you know, Valley Sports Indiana on Prime. And with that additional fee, then you could watch uh, Pacer games in this local market on Prime. That is what Amazon is pitching and, and hopes gets approved. Um, but I do not expect anything for the re- for the remainder of this season. Yeah, what I said, Scott, is, and I think even when we had you on uh, several weeks ago, it's going to be like Apple TV and the MLS, right? Like I have Apple TV, but you, if you want MLS and you want to watch Messi, <laughs> yeah. right, you're going to have to spend uh, the extra money. So it'll be a la carte, if you will. Scott Agnes with us, Fieldhouse fi- uh, Files following the Pacers there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, 29 minutes on Tuesday against the Rockets. And Rick Carlisle told us, uh, you know, on Sunday with the Hornets, if they needed him, he could have been back in the gameplay 20 minutes in that one. Do you feel like we're completely or at least mostly by the conversation around the minute restriction with Tyrese Halliburton? No, I don't. I expect it to continue on at least until the All-Star break. That's at which the point then where he gets some time off away from games. He's still going to be busy like crazy throughout all-star break um and i i do get a little bit concerned for him how much he'll probably be on his feet going event to event but in terms of the minutes restriction in terms of the hamstring if he can get through these next four games the one at home then the three on the road while the nba takes over the event space on friday morning um then then you're then you're in a good place i think with the pacers i think the key thing was to try to get to this all-star break make sure it was nothing worse don't have another setback um expand your minutes and he's continually doing that um i but i, I still believe it's going to be something where they're watching his minutes closely at least until next week Boy, listening to him rattle off his schedule for next week, <laughs> there is no downtime for him whatsoever starting a week from Thursday throughout All-Star Weekend in appearances and events and obviously playing in the game, et cetera, et cetera. Tyrese Halliburton, no rest uh, this All-Star <laughs> break. Uh, again, Scott Agnes with us here from Fieldhouse File. Scott, last one from me. Uh, I'll leave it pretty open-ended. Uh, when we talk to you a week from today, it will really be the start of All-Star Week here, weekend, however you want to describe it, in in Indianapolis. What is the favorite thing you are looking forward to, and what is one event area you would encourage fans to check out here uh, when things really get started a week from Thursday? Yeah, good question. Uh, I'll start with my generic statement, which is my most interesting thing and, and thing I'm looking forward to is to see Indy shine. I'm sure there's many ways in which I don't even haven't heard yet uh, of the way they're attacking things, but the things I know about, right, are – 
um, you know, having greeters at the airport, having a letter in every hotel room of those guests that are going to be here about their love for basketball and, and why how they fell in love with the game. Just so many of those little touches that are part of that Hoosier hospitality that I think guests are really going to love. Some media members a couple weeks ago started receiving packages for insane Elmo's, giving them a taste of Indiana. (laughs) That's what makes it special. Now, uh, my favorite event um, probably selfishly becomes your all-star media availability and practice Um, of the marquee stuff. uh, I would probably choose the Saturday night stuff over the all-star game purely because the competitive level of the game is not where it used to be over the last several years. Uh, although I do appreciate how that is at the field house. So it'll bring up a lot of memories. I can tell you, I can't tell you how many hours I've spent at the field house or slept at the field house. In fact. Um, so to see this is kind of a full circle moment, I think. And for the fans, I've had this question a lot. One walk around kind of the, the primary square of downtown that will both be free You'll, you, you'll be surprised how, how many people you'll recognize probably just walking downtown, coming out of hotels, go to Bicentennial Unity Plaza. The one paid item probably I would splurge on um, would be the NBA crossover. It's kind of the fan fest. It's twice as large as they did last year in Salt Lake City. If you have kids, this is absolutely what you want to do. If you're just an adult or you're going with a girlfriend or friend or whatever, just the people watching and to see the creativity revolving around the game, I think would be worth it. Outside of that, events are gettable, but they're going to be costly, as I'm sure you've covered from like All Star Saturday Night. There's tickets available right now, but they start at like three fifty. The the cheap tickets that were available at a discount that were really special, um, a special activation here for NDKB, like the twenty four dollars. Those went immediately, but NBA crossover and then walk over all downtown. There's going to be a lot of displays, selfie stations, basketball sculptures um, that anyone can get involved with at a free for, at a free or cheap cost. Yeah, it sounds like that crossover at the convention center is definitely a place to check out for fans, uh, certainly those that are looking for a little bit more of an affordable opportunity. Again, Joey Graziano from the NBA going to join us here uh, probably around 9.30. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, other events coming up starting next week. Scott, no, it's a super busy day for you, so thanks for uh, waking up with us, and uh, we'll certainly be watching on Fieldhouse Files if anything breaks. Sounds good, man. Thanks, guys. Scott Agnes, Payless Liquors Hotline. Andy Sweeney, the temperature, very good today. Great tomorrow. Unfortunately, it looks like back to reality next week Doesn't when the NBA starts though, to roll. It? And I just did a little 10-day look, and okay. I'm seeing highs in the 30s. Yeah. I am seeing next Saturday, supposedly, is going to be in the 50s. Really? Now, third, that, hey, listen, this is the weather app. I know you hate the Apple weather app. Uh, but now I'm looking at Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, going to be in the 40s and 30s. But Saturday says 56. Okay. So, so Thursday, Friday, a little My weather app says 39. <laughs> What's going on? Next Saturday. I mean, you guys see this, right? Next Saturday, 56 degrees. What's happening? Are you in Athens, Georgia again? I am not in Athens, Georgia with Brock Bowers. No, I'm in Indianapolis. Yeah, I have got (laughs) weather.com, Indianapolis, Indiana pulled up right now. High of 41 Thursday, 36 Friday, 38 Saturday, 39. All right, so get this. You know when it it says the degree and then you click on it, you click on the day. So I clicked on that Saturday, the 17th. The Saturday, the seventeenth. When I click on it, it tells me it's going to be in the thirties and forties. Yeah, a little bit of a bummer there. Yeah, I mean, again, it for is. Us, it is February, great, but, but yeah, people are going to look for any reason to bitch about Indianapolis. So 
Well, I mean, I listen I mean, to people do it annually. It is what it is, yeah. At the combine, so a little bit of a bummer <laughs> there. But again, uh, we'll have Joey Graziano from the NBA coming up in about thirty minutes to talk more about uh, All Star Weekend and the events there. Marcus Freeman, the head football coach of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, he joins us in ten. Joey Graziano from the NBA going to join us coming up in about a half an hour. We'll talk with him about all the events. He's been uh, here for several weeks. You've heard him on our air a couple different times, so we'll talk with Joey coming up uh, in about a half an hour. Marcus Freeman will be revving it up there in Cambridge tonight for the Pacers and Warriors. We'll get a couple minutes with him coming up at 9 a.m. Did you see, KB? Nick Saban has joined College Game Day. I did. Boy, that didn't take long, did it? What does that mean? I I hate to be... Rude, but we got to be done with Corso, right? Well, I, I think it's part of the understanding that Corso is only going to be a part of the show for just a few precious segments, right? And so you add him. Now, I did see. I also think Miss Terry said, Nick, get out of the house. Well, I mean, you're driving come on. me nuts already. And he's going to be very good at this. He's done stuff with ESPN, whether it be college game day or the draft. He will also be on NFL draft coverage coming up, but that's not the funny thing. Nick Saban's going to be live there at SEC Media Days. And you know how those Alabama fans always line up to catch a glimpse of Coach. Now he's going to be one of the, you know, 200 media members that's going to be in Birmingham or wherever it's going to be. He's going to have his notebook going table to table here, talking to all of his former assistants that are now head coaches. No, he's not. So SEC Media Days, NFL draft stuff, and college game day, he'll be joining McAfee. Back on game day? Wasn't there kind of a rumor? I don't know. Maybe McAfee, like, didn't fully commit to it. He's like, I would like to be back. Okay. Wait, listen, McAfee. McAfee's got so many jobs, but I think I mean, a, he's a star on that, is he not? I think of a, a McAfee, Saban, Herb Street, Desmond Howard. Like I, I think that's a nice quartet around yeah. Reese Davis. And then you bring in Corso for some segments, the pick at the end, yeah, whatever say, he can do. Let's just keep Corso for the pick. It the says end. McAfee will be a part of it. Okay, good. I mean, McAfee's a star. I mean, he and you said Saban took NFL over. Live too. Is that what uh, NFL draft stuff? NFL draft. Yeah, oh, that makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that, yeah that'd be great. His, you know, have his players. And then speaking up to tie it together, SI and Pro Football Focus, just tossing it out there. Both of them, new mock drafts yesterday. Both of them had the Colts taking Terion Arnold, who is the corner there for Nick Saban at Alabama Not next Kool-Aid. year. Kool-Aid's the other corner, Kool-Aid's right? Kool-Aid's the other corner. Kool-Aid McKinstry is a name you may need to remember, uh, remember but Terion Arnold is a name uh, that has been tied to the Colts on probably about three different mock drafts that I've seen. You know, corners a need that I I, I'm torn on. We'll get more into it coming up here in the next you know few weeks and months. But you know, there's a part of me that just doesn't rank it quite as high as the others. And there is a little bit of like, all right, let's see what you have in Juju Brents. Hopefully, he stays healthy. You know, I I thought Jalen Jones had a nice rookie season. Obviously, there were growing pains as a seventh round pick thrown into the fire. I mean, hell, he played a ton of snaps for you. But again, you know, do we see year one to year two growth out of him? Dallas Flowers coming off the Achilles. It's probably hard to gauge. A whole lot there, but um, I probably rank corner a little bit below something, uh, some especially in kind of a Gus Bradley scheme where it's not necessarily, hey, leave you out on an island for you know, 60, 70 plays during an entire game there. Kevin Bowen will put his shirt off or will take his shirt off. Are you going to take the shirt off or are you keeping it off for Freeman? I am fully All right. clothed All right. here, uh, but we'll see how long that, <laughs> that lasts. Marcus Freeman, head coach of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. She's revving it up inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse tonight. He joins us now. 
All right, nine o'clock hour, broadcasting live from the I Drive Hubler. I know you do. Drive oh, really? Hubler. really? You do? I had no idea. Studio. Really? Do you like this song? One of Rosie Kevin Bowen's Bowen. favorites. That's an organic learning item for yeah. Rosie. Nothing that her dad has forced upon her or Max at all. Uh, so Marcus Freeman, head football coach, we are awaiting the call. He is supposed to join us here at 9 o'clock. The reason we did it was A, for Kevin Bowen, and B, uh, he will be revving it up tonight in Gamebridge. And I was going to ask Coach, you know, we get him here. I was going to ask how many games, you know, he's been to. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how much free he's time. He's a busy he's man putting together saying. great recruiting I, That's classes, what I'm saying. Andy. I don't know if these guys don't get any time off. The, you know, if we we're going to be real football nerds, uh, we could ask him about the disaster. I tell you, the college football calendar is such a disaster right now. I bet he's got well, hot you, takes you, on that. I was going to say. Such you a could, disaster. You could toss that question as well. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's such a disaster. So it uh, looks like he's calling now. And then uh, coming up. Up in about 25 minutes or so, uh, Joey Graziano from the NBA will join us. We'll have a conversation with him. All the things that are happening around the All-Star break here in Indianapolis. Ones that may be free or don't cost you much money besides the games that families can go to uh, and everything else. All right, NBA trade headline six hours away, so we'll continue to monitor that. And I haven't seen anything this morning, right? this morning. We'll continue to keep an eye on that. So we'll do that. What happens with the Pacers uh, and everything else. All right, Marcus Freeman joining us here on the Payless Lakers Hotline, Notre Dame head football coach. Uh, coach, good morning. Uh, we wanted to have you on, obviously, because you'll be there in Gamebridge tonight, downtown Indy, and my co-host worships the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So, I might, Coach, I might just get out of the way, go to the bathroom or something for the next five minutes. <laughs> well, I wouldn't do that, but uh, <laughs> I'm excited to be down in Indy and uh... – this will be my first Pacers game, so I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm one of the psycho fans that, that <laughs> Coach, you're probably like, gosh, the, those those types of fans are a little bit too much, honestly, <laughs> for my liking here. So first time inside a Gamebridge Fieldhouse tonight? No, I've been in the Fieldhouse. Okay. My son wrestled, so we uh, oh. uh, we he, we had the state championships down there last year, and uh, I think I might have been to like a WWE event, but I've never been to a Pacers game. Look at that! Yes, I have heard that. Uh, that's your oldest son, right? Is a pretty pretty accomplished wrestler for uh, for Penn High School, right? He, he does a good job. I, I I try to keep him humble, you know, uh, <laughs> like I do all our players. But um, no, he's done a, a really good job. I'm proud of him. When uh, how old was he when he could first pin Dad? Oh, at boy. wrestling, uh, that's still to come. <laughs> that hasn't happened, um, and I don't know if he'll ever get the opportunity to do that. At some point, I'm just going to say I'm good. I don't need to wrestle you anymore. But I will never go out as a loser. I promise you. That. Well, you're still young. You're what, like thirty? You're only what, thirty-seven? You're still a young dude, right? Yeah, I just turned thirty-eight. Okay, but, you know, I'm married. I've been married for about fifteen years, and we have six kids. Um, and then. Being a coach of 120 players, you age fast. So um, that's, 38 is a relative term, depending on how you look at it. Coach, it's funny. So I'm 39, and me and my wife, she's the same age as me. She may not want me to put that out on the radio. And so we just had our first kid five months ago, so we're old parents. And I swear to you, Coach, and Marcus Freeman with us, I swear to you, I did not have one gray hair in my beard until two months ago. And now I'm terrified. <laughs> Oh, the children will age you fast. I'll tell you what, but they, they, they grow up fast. Let me tell you that, um, you know, our youngest is uh, five years old and we've always said he's going to be the baby forever. So uh, enjoy the times you have with your, your firstborn. Um, you having any more? Let me ask you that. Uh, oh boy. Loaded oh boy. questions. Marcus Freeman's turning on you I, I, here. You know, no, it's, it's perfect coach. So my wife, it wasn't a difficult birth, but we are like, no, so we're probably not, but she's already like, 
you know, she wants to hold the babies in like the ICU. She's like, we're, we're going to adopt at some point. So that's already something that has been put in my ear. But uh, we'll see exactly what happens with that. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if the data changes down the road in a couple of years. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Enjoy it. It's a blessing. Will do. Uh, Marcus Freeman with us here again tonight inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse. He'll be revving it up, Pacers and Warriors. I assume you're, you're probably dad of the year right now if you can bring a few kids to see Steph Curry in the building tonight. You know, the, we're not going to mention that. Um, <laughs> we, we have a, a, the three of the boys have wrestling tonight, so I said, listen, I can't take them out of wrestling. And my two daughters, um, I think they both have gymnastics, so I'm actually taking a, a fellow coach of mine down there, and so we're not going to we're not going to talk about it too much in the Freeman household. I'll just show them pictures uh, when wow. I get back. Look at that. I I believe if my eyes did not deceive me, you have uh, made a stop in Indianapolis here recently from a recruiting standpoint. I know you can't mention the recruits by name, but I am curious just from an Indianapolis standpoint, uh, how much is this area important for you when it comes to trying to build a class, which obviously you guys do on a pretty national scale? Absolutely. I mean, it's the mo- one of the most important areas that we recruit. And, and, you know, being at Notre Dame, you recruit nationally. You recruit coast to coast. And I think we have kids on from 27 states on our team. Um, but Indianapolis is as close to a home area for us that, that it, as well as any other place, like Indianapolis, Chicago. And so there are a lot of great football players, uh, very talented football players in uh, the city of Indianapolis that we have to make sure we get here to South Bend. I believe the kid you're going after is obviously playing a basketball game. Where is that balance for you in what you see from a kid who specializes just in football to you guys as a staff wanting to see kind of multi-sport on the resume when going after a kid? Uh, there's nothing like seeing young people compete. And I am the the biggest fan of, of watching uh, football prospects play other sports. And uh, I love to go see a wrestling match, a basketball game, uh, somebody compete in track and field. We, we had a, a couple of football players now at Notre Dame that play on our lacrosse team that were that was national champions last year. So I am all for multi-sport athletes. Um, I know specialization is continuing to grow amongst young people, but um, I'm the biggest proponent of, of making sure our kids play multiple sports. Uh, Marcus Freeman, head football coach there at Notre Dame, joining us here on the wake-up call on the fan Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, I know just a couple more minutes, Coach, with you. Guys in the draft, you know, so many of your players have those aspirations to be in the NFL. How much do you stay in contact? Obviously, we'll see pro days down the road. How much do you stay in contact with those NFL guys and even NFL personnel who may ask, uh, you know, your opinion on some of the guys you've been coaching the last several years? Yeah, I, I obviously stay in contact with all of them. Um, you know, when young people commit to Notre Dame, I, I tell them this this just means that this relationship will last forever. And, uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm sure they're busy as well as I am, but we try to stay in contact. I'm so proud of our guys that represent Notre Dame in the NFL. And we had three, I think, three guys in the Pro Bowl um, that have done a great job. And we have uh, at least one member on each team of the Super Bowl. So um, it, it is great to see, you know, these football players are so well respected uh, by the NFL scouts, and, and it's a privilege to coach them. And, and I tell them that often is that I've been I've coached a lot of different places, but the, the thing that makes Notre Dame new, unique is is the players you get to coach, and uh, it's a great honor. He is Marcus Freeman. Is with us here on the Payless Liquor Hotline again tonight. We'll be in the building over at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Pacers and Warriors spring football on the horizon for the head coach of the Fighting Irish. Coach, in an NIL-crazed world, what, or I guess how, are you pitching Notre Dame uh, when that subject inevitably comes up? Well, I think as 
college athletics continue to change. Notre Dame is in such a good spot, and and that's in terms of name, image, and likeness, in terms of um, giving you an opportunity to play at the professional level and, and competing for championships and also you know getting a degree that is truly second to none. And so we continue to be positioned in a great spot. Um, in football, obviously, we're independent, and uh, it couldn't be better, right, is that you often hear uh, college football talked about the conferences in Notre Dame, right, is is what's changing with college football within the Big Ten, SEC, ACC, and the Big 12, and in Notre Dame. And so I think as we continue to be in this position and, and have a, a pathway to the playoffs and, and our TV deal that we just did with uh, NBC Sports, I think um, Notre Dame is in, in our athletics program are continue to strive. If you could wear the hat, I know no one does, but if you could wear the hat of college football commissioner, if you could put in one regulation, portal, NIL, uh, what the calendar looks like from a recruiting standpoint, anything on that end, what would be the one thing you'd like to change with how college football is run right now? Ooh, just one thing? Just one. <laughs> I, the calendar's a mess I'm sure the right list now. is a CVS yeah. receipt long, though. Yeah, I think as, as, as you just heard, the calendar is uh, it's challenging for players and for coaches. You know, you're talking about now as we go into a 12-team playoff, um, some teams are, are finished in week 12. Some that play in a championship game is week 13, and that's already into the month of December, and now you got to prepare for a, a playoff game. Um, you're supposed to be on the road seeing your recruits that you're signing that year, um, and then also having to meet with your own guys that are possibly looking to uh, transfer. And so um, it is such a challenging time that I believe our attention should be most importantly on our players and giving them the best chance to win. And so I know the, the, challenge, the, the changes to the calendar are being discussed now, and uh, I think that's a really important. All right, before we let you go, and obviously greatly appreciate your time here on this Thursday morning, what is the coolest or craziest thing you have gotten to do as head football coach of the University of Notre Dame? I'm Ooh. sure some pretty interesting experiences for you. I don't know if revving up the IndyCar inside <laughs> of Gamebridge Fieldhouse will top the list, but what is the craziest thing you've, uh, you've gotten to do so far? You know, there's there's a lot of perks being the head coach of Notre Dame. I'll tell you that. Um, you know, I, I've been able to obviously throw out some first pitches. Um, but the thing that I remember most is is being invited to the White House with my mother for uh, um, they were honoring the uh, the president of Korea. My mom's Korean, so I like to say that I was invited. But if my mom wasn't <laughs> Korean, I, I'm sure I wouldn't been invited to the White House. But for me to take my mother to the White House. Uh, was just an experience of a lifetime, and uh, I'm sure it'll be a close second to revving it up this uh, tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, Coach. He'll be getting the crowd pumped up tonight. Steph Curry in the building, Marcus Freeman in the building. Coach, can't thank you enough. Obviously, as a diehard Notre Dame fan, thank you many more for uh, the memory so far and hopefully continued success here in the years to come. So safe travels tonight, and uh, thank you. Awesome, man. appreciate you guys, man. It was a blast. That is Marcus Freeman right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. We got Shane Steichen revving it up on Sunday, and it'll be Marcus Freeman in the building tonight. There you go. Wonder which oh, we should have asked him. Wonder which coach it is he's bringing. Probably a defensive coach, right? Mm-hmm. Who's the Who's a defensive coach? We could have well, asked Al that. Al Golden's our D coordinator. They got a new OC. <laughs> okay, Al uh, Golden will have to wear a tie. Like, come on now, Mike you know. Denbrock. Let's with put that a quarter here. zip on. You know, yes. come on. <laughs> You well, want a you towel? Go. Do you need a towel? Do you feeling good? You, you, want to, off? you want to take a quick break before the pop quiz, or I, I what do you just, want to do I, here? I, I'm sweating in areas I don't usually sweat in at 9, 12 in the morning. 
Well, that a nice surprise that was, for you? Yeah, you know, I was told no football related questions. You know, depth chart. You know, I'd love to ask about sure. you know Ashton Craig, Riley the pride Leonard. of Lawrence per- Berg, rising into a starting role. Drake <laughs> Bowen from Andrean. Is he going to play a little bit more here as they've lost some linebackers? You know, Jack Kaiser, former oh, Mister Basketball, sure, or Mr. Football, yeah. coming back for a sixth year. I'd love to go down that path, but I, I was told to behave, and Who's I feel the, like I did. You restrained yourself. Oh, it was good. No, he talked about you know the calendar. Every coach talks about that. Just the just the college football look, calendar I, being ridiculous. I'm not gonna you know play a violin and go woe is me when you look at how much money some of these coaches are making. Sure, it is you know seeing where Marcus Freeman is and, and insert college head coach here. I, I don't want to act like Marcus Freeman is too unique to the situation, but it is absurd, Andy, to me how often and everywhere seemingly around the United States. He is, from a recruiting standpoint, on a daily basis. I mean, I, I, I couldn't. I didn't want to put him in an awkward spot, but I can say it now. You know, he was at the Ben Davis. I think it was Ben Davis Carmel game a few weeks ago, watching Mark Zachary, very sure. decorated corner at Ben Davis there. And you know, it's that equivalent. He's at you know ten of those games over the past couple of weeks. And you're going to you know from a national brand, you're obviously going around the country. And we're not even getting getting into nil. I'll, allocation what the transfer portal looks like you know I think there's going to be come a day and age pretty soon in college football Andy where you have to have a GM you have to have oh, someone that a thousand is, percent like well, basketball Freeman already does college will, basketball already does right and, yeah and think about yeah. 85 scholarships sure. and NIL on top of that I mean to me you're gonna almost have to have someone that's in charge of the roster in charge of the portal, who's coming, who's going, who's got eligibility, where is that NIL fund going to? If he leaves, could we take that money and you know possibly you know put it here? All of that, and we're not even talking about coaching the football team and expanded playoff. And as Marcus Freeman said, you know the calendar is going to look a lot different. I know we mentioned this a little bit a few weeks back when Washington and Michigan played the national title, but with the expanded playoff, you're now looking at a kind of four week run of. Mid December to really like January fifteenth, twentieth. You're going to get a lot deeper into January, and when you think about it, that's been a big portal time because that's where guys who teams don't make the playoffs or bow out in the playoffs, they're looking to start second semester at their new school. So if you're Marcus Freeman, you're getting ready for a semifinal game, hopefully, but you also are looking for oh wow, wait Riley Leonard well, is in the portal. I was, I was about to say like, you got your quarterback then. Yeah, sure, and, yeah. And, and and the awkward nature to some of these guys on the roster that are like, wait a minute, you just went out and got two guys at that position in the portal. What does that mean for me next season? So uh, again, college football is just it, it's such a crazed world. It is. Yeah, I'm boy. I tell you, this is it's a bigger subject. Like even what's going on with the NCAA. I mean, you have you have, you have the NCAA going after Tennessee. Uh, and there's a lot of ridiculous things with the NCAA and Tennessee. So you have that. Then you have you know Tennessee and Virginia suing and going after the NCAA. And then on top of it, you have the Big Ten and SEC. Interesting what Notre Dame will ever say about this. But you have those two conferences uh, that are going to join at the hip and try to. I mean, listen, Greg, there, there's no doubt about it. Greg Sankey, uh, the SEC commissioner, wants to be the czar of college football. <laughs> there's And he's using the Big Ten, in my opinion, uh, because they're the other power broker that can stand up with the with the SEC and kind of combat all of this. Uh, so, I mean, listen, uh, and Freeman also, just being a young dude, I always think of it now. He just turned 38, so I'm now, like, older than Marcus Freeman. What he thought in 21 going into 22, taking over uh, that program is, uh, you know, I mean, you're sitting there and he's 
what, 36 at the time, 37 at the time, thinking, yeah, this is pretty cool. I just became the head coach. <laughs> I just became the head coach at Notre Dame. That's pretty good. And good for him. Going to be in the building tonight. That's a that's a big star. A lot of stars. You, you know, the Pacers and Halliburton and everything. You have the Warriors and... Steve Kerr and Steph Curry, and then boom, you bring in Marcus Freeman. So good for him. Glad we were able to uh, to catch him for eight or nine minutes there. You guys want to do the pop quiz here? Do you think Marcus Freeman will ever lose to his son in wrestling? How about his son, a sophomore at Penn High School, and like one of the better, like bigger weight wrestlers? Yeah, I think he'll lose like soon. Like junior, have you, and the kids have you seen Marcus Freeman? I have, but I, I haven't seen his do you son. Know but dad I, strength? I, I, Tell that to Mason Sweeney. I, I do, but well, you I don't, don't believe I, in dad strength. Well, I don't have much of it. I, I mean, Freeman's got much bigger arms than I do. He's a football guy. I don't sports do talk any, radio guy. I don't do any upper body anymore. I just lift Rosie and Max. <laughs> I will tell you, I had to, I had to hold. Uh, Mason, he's only probably he's probably sixteen pounds now or something like that. And dude, my left arm was aching for a day and a half. Go to your mother. I know dad, dad <laughs> or parent injuries. It's unbelievable. I, I I've long said this, and Mark would have multiple extra limbs. I think that as a parent, you should get an extra limb for every kid you have. Oh, that'd be great! Great. You'd have five arms right now, Mark. I mean, think about that, Mark. All the groceries, carrying the girls in. Someone's sleeping in the car. Someone's crying. Ugh. Someone's fussing. I mean, try doing Disney World with multiple children. Ugh. Right. I had one on my Ugh. shoulder, one on the With how back. much you pay to get to Disney World, they should honestly give you an extra limb right when you walk through the They gate. should give you a magic carpet where you just put the kids on the carpet. They just ride around for 12 just hours. Me, like, I, I'd say just send me to Epcot with a free flight of beer. Oof. I'll well, take that. That, that, that as well. Um, all right, so we're going to do the pop quiz now? Well, I, I say we do. I okay. mean, we have Graziano um, coming in here, and I don't want to leave too little time on the back end, so that's what we discussed we'll if you want. We'll talk NBA All-Star game in about 10 minutes. Joey Graziano from the NBA will get you set for that weekend, a cluster truck gift card that we are giving away on the pop quiz. So that is 317-239-1070. gift card to cluster truck. Great spot. Great food, most importantly as well. Um, so we'll do that for the pop quiz. Before all of that, let's do a morning check down. The Morning Checkdown, brought to you by the Barbasol Horizon League Basketball Championships. March starts here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, March 11th and 12th. All right, it is the Pacers and the Warriors tonight in Gamebridge. 6.30 hour pregame, 7 o'clock tip-off right here on the fan. Yesterday, Tyrese Halliburton was asked about finishing strong before the All-Star break. Here's what he had to say. Well, I think just approaching it the right way and uh, understanding that we want to go into All-Star break strong, um, you know, feeling good about where we're at, everybody get a break for themselves mentally, and then coming back together and finishing the season strong, um, making a playoff push. So I think that's what we're trying to look at it as. Guys, you don't even hear guys talking about their plans for break or anything like that. Just want to finish these last, whatever it is now, five games uh, strong going into the break. Four games if we want to get technical here. It'll be home to the Warriors tonight at Knicks, at Hornets, at Raptors. That concludes the, I, I say first half, it's more like the first two-thirds of the season here for the Pacers. They are a seven-point favorite over the Golden State Warriors. And unless I miss something, I don't think the injury report looks too ugly for the Warriors at all. They played their normal five, the, the their starting five they've kind of turned to here last night. That would be Jonathan Kaminga, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry. And Steph did not play well last night. 25 minutes, two of seven, four turnovers for him. Uh, but they had a big third quarter to pull away from the banged-up 76ers. And they pretty much rested everyone in the fourth. So don't know if it'll be the same old back-to-back 
uh, coming up tonight. But again, the final home game for the Pacers until the All-Star break. I, am I missing something? The biggest question is whether Matherin plays tonight, right? Right, Benedict Matherin. Yeah, he's a game-time decision. Yeah, showed up to the arena Tuesday night, stomach bug, went home. Um, yeah, Matherin would be the one. I think officially Jalen Smith and Tyrese Halliburton are still listed as questionable, but that's kind of how they've operated with Halliburton here over the last couple of weeks. All right, uh, Indiana State last night, 101-61. They were victors over Valpo, uh, five guys in double figures. Robbie Avila with 27 for them, 21 wins on the year. And I think that pretty much covers all the pertinent stuff. Wisconsin lost at Michigan. That's Providence good for Purdue. won, though. Butler. Providence yeah. beat Creighton. It's a big win so for them. Big one for the Bulldogs coming up, hosting Providence on Saturday inside of Hinkle. All right, should we hit the pop quiz? Yeah, let's do it. We'll do it quick. Five questions. You studied. Let's go. Can you handle the pressure? Sharpen your pencils. It's time for the pop quiz with KB and Andy. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube, Indiana's favorite oil change since 1985. All right, so if you win, if you get all five right, as always, you get the Jiffy Lube, uh, you get the Jiffy Lube oil change, but for every contestant, you can get one right. You can get zero right. You got the $25 gift card to Cluster Truck. You can download the wrap or check them out clustertruck.com and right now if you mention the fan if you put that in the promo code the fan uh, all one word the fan 25% off your next order of $25 or more again no middleman in the delivery process cook to order food made by their chefs in their kitchen delivered by their people anything from pizza burgers sandwiches salads vegetarian options and much more my breakfast burrito was outstanding was it good oh surprised it made it a Day the lazy here. burrito. Yeah, that was good, man. It was great stuff. They'll be back uh, next week. So, clustertruck.com. All right, KB, I'm going to put this on you. You pick the caller. Go uh, ahead. What do we got? Pacers, what do we say? Seven point favorite. Let's go caller seven. Will. Hey, Will. Will. Good morning. How are you, Will? Hey, morning, gentlemen. Doing all right. How are you? Will, were you ever a Will Purdue fan? I can't say I was a Ram. Wow. Were you expecting a yes there? Well, I don't know a lot of great Will athletes. Will Clark? Am I missing uh, someone obvious? You know, yeah, that's an obvious one. I can't think of many off, off the top of my head now that you're saying I, that. I did a, Purdue lived in Louisville for, for a while, and then really? he commuted back between Louisville and Chicago. Yes. Yeah, his son's like was like 10 years old and was like 6'5". Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was legit 6'5". Will's a great guy. Should hit him up. He had like nine cell phones, so I'm not exactly sure which number's his now. Will, congrats on the $25 <laughs> gift card to Cluster Truck. Uh, let's see if you can go five for five today. All right, let's do it. UConn women's basketball coach Gino Ariema became just the third coach in NCAA basketball history to reach to reach 1,200 wins in his career last night. Name one of the other two coaches with 1,200 wins in either men's or women's D1 college basketball. It's an easy one. Come on, Will. Coach K. Good enough for me. Let's go. Number two here, Will. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. That is Blue Jay Slugger Award. I love his swing. Was awarded a record $19.9 million in salary arbitration yesterday. MLB arbitration confuses me, by the way. Who held the old record for the largest salary received via MLB salary arbitration? Garrett Cole, Max Fried, Teoscar Hernandez, or Corbin Burns? Hmm. Let's do uh, C. El Duque's cousin, Teoscar? Yeah. 
All right. Yeah, I like, I like it. All right, question three. One year ago today, the Phoenix Suns traded for Kevin Durant in an attempt to end the NBA's third longest championship drought. It didn't work last season as the Suns now in their 55th year of existence and have not won the title. Which team currently owns the longest active NBA championship drought? Is it the Kings, the Hawks, the Knicks, or the Trailblazers? Ooh. My heart wants to say Trailblazers, but he threw in the Kings, but I'm going to stick with my heart and say Trailblazers. You sure? Ooh. You fall in your heart and mm-hmm. get you in trouble. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, now I'm second guessing. It's kind of one of the things like taking a test. Stick with the original answer, but I'm going to I'm gonna change it and go uh, Kings. Yeah, I don't know about your love life, but don't follow the first love always here. Uh, okay, well, number four. <laughs> this week in 1960, this player became the first in NBA history to score a 50-rebound game. Was it Wilt, Bob Pettit, Bill Russell, or Dolph Shays? Bill Russell? He Did, said that with skepticism. Didn't expect a Dolph Shays uh, no. reference. Yeah, no, that really It's a good scramble <laughs> word. <laughs> All right, question number five. Well, on this day in 1936. Wait a minute. Is he, is he four for four? Uh, he mm-hmm. is. Whoa. Yeah, well, you're four for four. We'll tell you. Uh, on Holy. this, yeah. So now you get the oil change if you get this one right. On this day in 1936, the first NFL draft took place with Heisman Trophy Jay Berwinger. Is that how you say it? Berwanger, okay, from the uh, from the University. Pronounce it like you're from Indiana. There you here. go, from the University of Chicago, going number one overall again back in 1936. Which team had the first pick in that 1936 NFL draft? Was it the Green Bay Packers, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Chicago Cardinals, or the Detroit Lions? Uh, still, let's go Lions. Okay. See how Will did here. Number one, he dropped Coach K pretty quickly. Yep. Yes! Tara Vanderveer, uh, the pride of IU. Uh, that one is correct. On that one, Teoscar Hernandez, $14 million in 2023. Number Let's two go! Correct. I guess a little coaxing for number three. Yeah, uh, you helped him. It was the Kings. That was the answer. See, uh, Gretto. Scotty's asked it, that in a couple different variations over the last several months. I find it interesting. Will goes, my heart is with the Trailblazers. I'm like, geez, that's a lot of you know love for the Trailblazers. Or I guess maybe in a negative light there uh, with that one. Bill Russell was correct yeah! before. Andy Sweeney, yeah. Jay Burwanger. He did not get it. 1936, it was a Philadelphia Eagles, not the Detroit Lions. So, Will, stay on the line, brother. Still got the gift card. Good job. That was good a job pretty good effort Will. there. Yeah, that was a great effort. Uh, we're talking NBA All-Star game on the other side. Joey Graziano from the NBA has just walked into the studio, and it's infinitely started to smell better because someone that showered this morning is now in the studio here. So we are very grateful for that. Joey, apologize for what you walked into. Uh, we'll talk All-Star game. Starts in earnest here in a week. Joey's been a busy, busy man. He'll get a set here on the other side. Yeah, it's been a fun show on this Thursday. Pacers Warriors, 7 o'clock tonight. Our coverage at 6.30 right here on The Fan. If you miss any of our conversations, Pacers, college basketball, anything in between, uh, we had Marcus Freeman on earlier, Scott Agnes. You can find it all at the Podcast Center, 1075thefan.com. And now uh, we're very happy from the NBA. Joey Graziano joins us in studio to talk about all the happenings uh, coming up next week with the NBA All-Star break. 
Joey, uh, good morning to you. You've been here for how long in Indianapolis, and how are we treating you here in I Indy? I mean, this place, Hoosier Hospitality does not good. miss. I'm rolling the 28-day cycle into, into Indy. It's been, a, it's been a good run. Great weather, by the way. I mean, you can't be this. not too bad, man. Knock on wood for next week. Yeah. The SVP, yeah. head of global event strategy and development for the NBA. Again, you have called Indy home. He is Joey Graziano. He's with us here. You've called Indy home for about the past three, four weeks. I guess just start off there. Like, why? Like, wh- wh- why the need to come in early? What have your day-to-day yeah. operations been like in, in helping getting us uh, set up for next week? Well, to me, I mean, it starts with the Pacers have been planning this for, for seven years. There's a there's a responsibility um, to be authentic. And, and part of that is the work we've done with the Simon family and Herb's leadership in particular. Uh, but Steve, Rick Fusen, Mel Raines, Todd Taylor, the people at the Pacers, they've poured their heart into this. The community's poured their heart. I, one of my first days here, um, I went to a host committee meeting that had 400 members show up. I mean, just incredible city a wide involvement and to be able to do that and to make sure each of the elements are custom. I don't want anyone to feel like this is something we've done before. And so you're going to see that throughout the weekend, that everything we've done is built for Indy, built for these local fans, built for our global fans to come in and experience a city that I think they're going to be wildly surprised by. This place is awesome. We love our little unique uh, Halliburton's on the side of the JW Marriott. <laughs> yeah. You know, the Indy, the, the, the court at the airport, you know, the Indy car that's wrapped in Pacers colors, those sorts of things. What other aspects have you seen so far with the all-star planning that makes our city, and our plan unique from others? I think it starts, I mean, you mentioned the airport's an interesting one. Like The idea that every global uh, fan who's going to come into the city is going to feel all-star from the minute they get off the plane, that that's wild. No one, no other city's ever done that. Um, but certainly it started with, with how we thought about the event. We're going to have more than 190,000 fan-ticketed opportunities. Most fan-first all-star we've ever put on. That That's from the Pacers' leadership. That starts with how they think about the community, that everybody should have a ball in their hand. The other piece is from, from Monument Circle down to Lucas Oil, you will not be able to miss all-star. We will have activations on every block. Um, free activations. We've got a Hoosier Historia program. There's a cultural corridor that the Pacers have built. Georgia Street will be a full takeover. Um, and the opportunity to be able to get fans and to have them come down from morning until night. And you know at the NBA, we don't mind a party. No, so no. we're, we're, we're going to roll deep. <laughs> we're going to roll deep into the night. Sure. Um, but the idea is you're going to be able to be downtown and experience everything. And we're not going to ask you to leave. Uh, and, and the Pacers are also rolling their own tip-off ceremony. We've never had a team have an opening ceremony. There's now an Official opening ceremony, tonight, right over uh, Bicentennial Plaza. Bicentennial yeah. Plaza, come on down. Uh, that's a new event the Pacers put on, and, and we're really excited for it. Joey Graziano uh, from the NBA here with us, hanging out with us in studio on this Thursday. I, I know it's an easy kind of a layup question for you, but you know how vital is you know the state in the city of Indianapolis to the NBA? And you know now, boy, I tell you, you look at it with Tyrese Halliburton, Rick Carlisle, and the good young team. I, I think the Pacers are going to be here for a number. of years are going to be really contending at the top level. Well, I mean, I, I got to, I also got to have the pleasure of, of helping to put on the in-season tournament. Um, so I was intimately involved and got to spend time with the Pacers on that run. I mean, this team could not be more fun. I was there at the game. I'm excited for the game tonight. Um, you know, the energy with this crew, they're young, they're hungry. They really like each other. I, I was, I was, um, I loved watching Tyrese on the bench. I mean, as much as fun as he mm-hmm. was, but just watching at the end of the bench uh, on Tuesday night and how much his teammates enjoyed the interactions, like that's that's special 
for a leader. Um, then, of course, we've showcased him. You mentioned we've got him nine stories high. Uh, I went up there on the JW. I went <laughs> up you? on the okay. uh, yeah, 400 feet in the air. You're, uh, you're insane. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I figured my dad was a New York City fireman. Couldn't embarrass the family. That was that was yes. all I kept reminding myself. Do not embarrass the family. Uh, as I went up there and uh, and got to do that program. This team is really young. It's exciting. Coach Carlisle is just, a, I mean, a legend. A true steward of the game. He's been incredible for us on our junior NBA programs when he thinks about his commitment to the next generation of players. And I think that really emanates here where basketball means so much to people. To have a coach who's committed to all levels of the game is exciting. Uh, And and I think the way this city is building, you really can't do it without incredible leadership. And to be able to have the city, the state part of this, it's awesome. Again, he is the head of global event strategy and development at the NBA. Joey Graziano has called Indianapolis home now for about the past month or so. Uh, living over the JW Marriott. He is with us here uh, uh, in studio. And Joey, I do want to get to the events and the affordability. And, you know, as me, a father with two young kids, you know, what could you know I look for coming up next weekend if I can't do Friday night, if I can't yeah. get you know access to, to, to Sunday night. But you brought up your your dad. And I was listening to an interview you did last week with um, Jake and Jimmy, our, our, our noon to three show. And it was a pretty, if I must say, pretty damn cool story on how the city of Indianapolis welcomed you yeah. with a special gift. If you don't mind sharing a little bit of that background on that. No, I mean, I, I mentioned uh, I mentioned earlier, you know, a son of New York City fireman, my little brother's a New York City fireman, um, and uh, it, it means a lot to me. It's probably the thing I'm most proud of on earth. And my dad was in, in 9-11. Um, he survived, but my dad's firehouse did not. Um, and my dad is the last person to leave a Twin Tower alive, Engine 22, Ladder 13, uh, in New York City. And when I got to Indy, the first thing I received was a note from the Indy Fire Department uh, welcoming me into the city, a sweatshirt, a hat, wishing me best of luck and thanking my dad for my service. And to me, like if I knew nothing else about this place, when you asked about what does it mean to be and what are the city and the state being involved, like that's how these people show up. You guys see people here, you hear people, um, you take them for who they are, and that to me means more than anything. I mean, that had to be that'd be kind of a touching moment. That's like a tear. That's nah, like a tear in the eye type moment. I got is it not, Joey? Yeah, yeah, it really it, is. I mean, I'll tell you what, it is something I'll I'll never I'll yeah. literally never forget, and it will ingratiate to me to this community and to this city for the rest of my life. You a Georgetown guy? Uh, I, I thought I saw in your cufflinks uh, there, uh, Georgetown. You know, <laughs> I don't know that I'm allowed to say this, and, and my Hoyas have not exactly, they've gotten uh, whooped re- around. It's a rebuilding yeah. process. Yeah. I get in this year for yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've been whooped around they a little bit. beat my Irish, though. Yeah. I mean, blue and gray forever. I was, uh, I was a Georgetown baseball player. I, you know, you got you to roll with your boys, yeah, sure right? right? Like, well, no, matter where you, no matter where you are and uh, how it's going, um, in Coach Cooley we trust. We'll get there, but it, it, it has not been without. It's been a tough. It's been a tough kind of little run for us. Well, it's a rebuild. You know, you knew coming I mean, in it was a rebuild. Michael Shrewsbury right yeah. now. Uh, again, Joey Graciano is with us here from the NBA. Uh, All star festivities really begin in earnest. I would say, kind of a week from today. Again, the Pacers will be in Toronto uh, on Wednesday for their final game, and then everything will start on Thursday. I guess before we dive deep into again some of the events and what the next or what those kind of three or four days will look like, where should a starting point be for fans and just simply access? I feel like, you know, where can we go to yeah. see the list of events, whether it's musical acts, artwork, who's gonna be at the convention center, you know, obviously the big three stuff in terms of the rising stars and the dunk contest and then the game on Sunday. Where's a good one stop shop for that? Yeah, NBAevents.com. So we we take our website. The Pacers have built an incredible know before you go where they're gonna walk everybody through all of their options. They even have 
Uh, they even allow people to build their own itinerary, filter things by if you just wanted to see all the free events um, and build your own schedule. So we wanted to make sure fans... Oh, I like that. Okay, so yeah. NBAevents.com. And that will link out, certainly, to all the Pacers opportunities. And I'm going to want everyone to download the NBA Events app. Okay. If you download the NBA Events app, it's going to have the full opportunity for you to be able to have schedules. We're going to drop appearances. Uh, where you can meet players and legends, merchandise that will be uh, available, unique to the city. So we're going to want to make sure if you look for tickets, you go through NBAevents.com, and then to be able to sort of have the full lay of the landscape, download the NBA Events app, and it will connect you to everything All-Star. Yeah, for people that don't know as well, this was just yesterday, right? Lil Wayne, Keith Urban, Zed, and T-Pain have been announced that they're going to be performing next week and next week, and that's a pretty good lineup right there. It's it's a great lineup, and then you add what uh, NBA on TNT – um, our great our great partners over there. Uh, they're going to have Thursday night. They're going to have a free performance by DJ Diesel. Okay, so Shaq's going to get oh up boy. there. We're getting MGK, <laughs> okay. little MGK, okay. yeah. uh, and obviously you get the NBA uh, TNT crew, which will be calling uh, the game live, and you'll you'll be able to get to them pregame and halftime and connect with with Ernie and Chuck and Shaq oh, and that awesome. crew, which is the best. That's awesome. And then Saturday night we've got Jelly Roll. So you add to that musical lineup, to me, the depth. We've never had a musical lineup this deep. Like this is this is stacked. This is an NBA team one through twelve. You're not gonna wanna you're not gonna wanna miss. It's got a so little you, bit of everything. Well, yeah. and when I hear jelly rolls, I think of my stomach post no. kids. You know, just how many. No, jelly you still rolls look you still look I, good, baby. I, I, that's yeah. what I'm telling you. Yeah. He's slender. I look got at that him lazy over there. burrito that's still sitting here <laughs> cluster truck. Jelly roll, that's a big one, yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, the musical acts have been outstanding from an announcement standpoint. Again, NBAevents.com. Download the NBA events app. That's an absolute must. On the other side again i want to get into more of what thursday friday saturday sunday are going to look like from a local audience and also just some cool stories from you you were telling us before you hopped on here you were the first person boots on the ground for the nba bubble a few years ago i'm sure you've got some stories to share from that he is joey graziano again the head of global event strategy and development of the nba and he's called indie home for the last month so we'll ask him his impressions on the city of indianapolis we'll continue the all-star conversation with joey all right, reminder, check out the Podcast Center, 1075thefan.com. Query and company coming your way at noon. JMV coming your way uh, at 3 o'clock. And it's Pacers, Warriors, 630 tonight. Our pregame coverage, 7 o'clock tip-off there uh, in Gamebridge. Appreciate Marcus Freeman joining us. He'll be revving it up there. Uh, Notre Dame football coach. You can, again, check that out, 1075thefan.com. So uh, the NBA's Joey Graziano is in with us, and we found out during the break, and it was organically, okay, and me and Mark Dyked in both went, oh, here we go. Uh, Joey is also hey, are haters. Uh, a Notre Dame football fan, and we just kind of moaned to ourselves in the corner. I mean, you're just hating on you're, you're hating on the gold. Mark, uh, pop his mic on there. There you go. Uh, you can't be hating on uh, on the no. Golden Domer. Come on, man. I, uh, <laughs> Joey, if they speak up again, you deserve the right to hit them, yeah. honestly. I can remember uh, my, my only sort of struggle with Notre Dame, there was a time where I was uh, playing college ball. We played up there. Obviously, they were in the Big East at the time. Uh, and um, the, you know, playing the fight song after every touchdown makes sense in a football game. Playing it after every run you score when you're walloping oh, somebody boy. like 20 to 7 on a you know, 37 degree Thursday hurts. That can be humbling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't want to hear that fight song 30 times in a a college baseball game. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, with aluminum bats. Joey, a Georgetown baseball product for those curious out there. Again, he has called Indy home for about the past month, the head of global event strategy and development for the NBA. All right. Don't have the money, don't have the clout to get to Friday night in the big night. Don't have the clout or the money for Saturday, which, you know, to be fair, Saturday at Lucas Oil has certainly expanded to much more of a fan experience just from a uh, 
you know, pure number standpoint, or Sunday, what would you encourage a family that tries yeah. to want to experience downtown in the NBA All-Star game to do? So I want to want you to come to NBA Crossover. Um, what's exciting about that, that's our fan event, more than 350,000 square feet, tickets for kids as cheap as 20 bucks. Um, and what's exciting about that is it's all the holistic interests of our players. So we think our fans are interested in what our players are in, and our players, they're fashion designers, they're artists, they're musicians, they're technologists, they're social justice advocates. We bring all those interests together. More than 60 player and legend appearances, like names like the great Oscar Robertson will be there. Um, Tyrese will be, will be live. We've got our all-Stars will be in attendance, so we're excited about that. Also, our G League, it will have a full court and activation. Full, hmm. They're going to have their own three-point competition, their own tournament, so you're going to get live basketball as well. We're going to get a ball in your hand. Uh, we've got th- more than 30 partners that are going to be activating throughout the space, so we're really excited about that starting Friday at 2 o'clock, going to the evening. Um, that's also where our concerts are at, at night, so I think that's the type of environment and that we the, think. In the convention center. In the right? convention center. We're going to want you to come down. You can spend hours with the kids um, and the family and we think it's a it's a totally immersive environment for all those hours the other thing you mentioned about Saturday night because it's interesting to me um, we've obviously made a big change this year from putting all-star Saturday night traditionally in our primary basketball venue moving it to Lucas Oil to me and the stories that are so great about this city what an incredible statement by Herb Simon in particular uh, you've just poured hundreds of millions of dollars into renovating already what was one of the best basketball venues on earth in Gamebridge Fieldhouse into you know just spectacular the job Mel Raines and her team did. But then to make the decision not to showcase that and instead put the fan first and to move all of those fans and move that into Lucas Oil, which then allows us to have more than 30,000 people in attendance for Saturday night, including $24 tickets. And the Pacers bought 2,400 of them to give to community groups. Like that is just putting your money yeah. where your mouth. It's just, it's just out. Like it's incredible, inspiring leadership. It's the stuff that makes you want to work harder, man. Yeah, honestly, you know, when you get into positions of authority like that, and in this business, uh, stubbornness uh, can be very high on the list of things that some people have. But yeah, to put that to the side, to your point, Joey, and to put it over Lucas Oil when that announcement was made, I think like last summer, if I'm yeah. if I'm remembering correctly, I loved it. You know, I, I thought to myself. At the end of the day, people just want to be in there. I was there. That, yeah. that, that, that's all you want to say. And Saturday night, I mean, you look at the three-point lineup, it's all-star player after all-star player, and it sounds like nothing official yet, but the early reports of maybe even Jalen Brown the dunk contest, I mean, that 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 you got to love. And very selfishly, I'm glad that our city gets to experience that. Yeah, and we're going to have a Pacers team um, as part of the, uh, skills, the skills right? competition, yeah. so I think there's going to be a team to root for. Yeah, Halliburton, um, Matherin, and Turner. Miles Turner, I yep. believe, is the three-person skills for the Pacers. Yeah. Yep, we've also seen there's going to be a team of, of number one picks, which is going to be interesting, and I know people are, are excited about seeing Wemby, so you're going to get Wemby and the Rising Stars, and then maybe we'll be able to see him on Saturday, so I think that kind of thing is going to be is going to be interesting, and then we obviously on Saturday night, that court, um, the glass yeah, LED us, court. Uh, that's that what got. I was going to ask you. Have you got a sneak preview on I, any of this I, stuff? I did. I, um, I would love to tell you I knew where I was, but I'm, I'm not good with directions, period, and then when somebody's driving, I tend to just spend all my time on my phone answering emails. I ended up <laughs> In a warehouse somewhere in Indiana, uh, and I got to watch this this court. I was watching a, a group of uh, of German technologists okay. running racing cars on this court oh my and watching gosh, like that sounds awesome. And yeah, and they're and watching as the court as somebody goes over it, like sparks start to shoot. There's fire on the. I mean, this, this court looks 
unbelievable. And the great part for those who got some of those seats up in the 500 and 600 level is you actually have the best view now. Yeah, you got the all this, 22 view uh, uh, yeah, almost of it. Of, yeah, of yeah. this entire court that's turned into an immersive screen. So I think what I know our team is doing on that um, with the with the level of talent coming to Saturday, I, I think Saturday is going to be one of the one of the best nights. And then on Sunday we return to hoops, man. East versus West. Um, the conversation about this game this game has to matter, um, and we're excited about the level of competition we're going to put forward on on Sunday with the greatest players in the world playing. Joey Graziano from the NBA with us. I love you were in your phone and you you go to meet uh, German technology guys in a warehouse in Indiana. Yeah. You might want to know where you're at. You know? I, I, I mean, listen, if, if I didn't come back, I know they, <laughs> my hope, right. all my hope would be that, speak, speak yeah. well. Just speak well. That's fantastic. <laughs> you know, I, I have heard, you know, just, just, you know, I moved here in August, and so a lot has been, you know, when the NBA comes here for the All-Star break, you know, they take over. They take over everything. Do you know roughly how many NBA employees you guys will have around Indianapolis over oh, the weekend? Um, yes, I uh, yeah, for the number of hotel rooms, I unfortunately do know the answer to that. Uh, we're going to have, yeah, certainly we're going to have more than 3,000 3, staff and vendors wow. who will be in town. Expect more than 125,000 people to descend wow. on, on downtown Indy. We've got uh, people at more than 30 hotel properties. Uh, so I think, I mean, it is going to be a true takeover. And what I'm excited about is this is a walkable campus. And I love the word campus. Yeah. You mentioned the bubble. That was the word we we used instead of calling it a bubble to start. Was like, it was like it was an idea of a campus that you'd never had to get in a vehicle that you're going to be able to interact and, and mingle. And I think this city is uniquely built for major events in a way no other city is. And once you're downtown, the expectation you can walk everywhere. Again, Joey Graziano is with us here, the head of global event strategy and development at the NBA. In other words, he has been spearheading a whole lot of the endeavors. on Boots on the ground. Been here at the JW Marriott for about a month. You talked about your experience at the bubble. First one on the ground there in uh, Orlando, Disney, wherever you want to call it. It's your craziest bubble story what do you what do you remember about the did you say 120 yeah 120 plus days yeah Uh, i mean there was there was a a lot of a lot of crazy stories um and uh you know some point there's i'm sure there's going to be a great documentary for 30 on something god no kidding the, the content and the stories and um you know i've got a I've got a journal of every single night there that is like one of my prized possessions. Really, it chronicles everything that that happened, you know, to us as we were getting it off the ground. And there's so many inspiring stories, um, but but I certainly like ones that I really remember. Uh, you know, were times when we allowed the players to then bring in guests as we got to a certain point in the playoffs. And I have uh, I can remember listening and watching some of our players meet, see their kids for the first time. After you know what had been such a traumatic experience sure. for everybody, as we were then getting ready, and now we're you know seventy plus days into this, and families came and seeing little kids run down the hallway to their fathers, like wow. you don't forget <laughs> those kind of those kind of memories um, and those kind of moments, and to be able to live them. And then there's these funny stuff like I had to watch LeBron ride a bicycle in the hallways of a hotel, like because again <laughs> we just reowned all the hotels. Well, it's the only time you're yeah. at, so at, was, at that point. It's like the only time yeah. this is ever going to happen yeah. that you're going to be in this situation. Yeah. How stressful was it? Uh, uh, unbelievably, yeah. unbelievably stressful. You was don't the, have un gray hair on your uh, whole no. head. <laughs> no. uh, you know, uh, it's fake hustle. Uh, <laughs> fake hustle. But yeah, you remember tonight? I watched Jason Tatum teach Taco Fall how to swim. Like things like this, you just you can't like funny <laughs> stuff, emotional stuff. Like, um, but but it was it was one of those moments where to the rest, like to forever, the people who I worked alongside with, people at at Disney, some of their cast members and employees, people who I worked with at the NBA, people who worked with the teams, were bonded. 
for life. Like there is a respect and an admiration you have for those people because you went through something together. And for us, like it was the months leading up where it's hard, 18 hour days. I slept on my floor in my second bedroom because I didn't want to wake up my wife. Each night, given the hours, I was coming back into our house and like we were all working in a tiny New York City apartment. And I thought, you know, so I was sleeping in my second bedroom on the floor. We were not. And and then to come down and to see the sacrifices people made, like it's one of those stories that for the rest of my life, I will be so grateful, so grateful that I was a part of it. Joey, we can't thank you enough for your time. We've got about a minute left. NBAevents.com. Download the NBA events app. Any announcements we should be looking for here? in the next couple of days that have yet to be announced. Yeah, I would say I think what's exciting is we continue to put out some more ticket inventory, right? Our commitment to was to make sure that locals were able to experience this event. And so one of the ways we've done it is we've held back some inventory. So please, um, for those who are looking for tickets, we've got all of our official channels have available inventory. We're excited to be able to deliver them and we're going to keep adding more. So keep you know being on the lookout for all these announcements at the NBA. We like a good press release. <laughs> so we've got, some, we've got some big announcements that are still coming soon. Joey, you strike me as a great dude. We cannot thank you enough for adjusting a little bit your schedule with us and uh, what you've meant to Indy and helping bring one of the star-studded events in the entire world to our city. So thank you for that. Hopefully Indy continues to treat you well. No, thank you for having me. I'm hoping I get to see you guys uh, at some of these events. Kids, we got to come on down, man. We'd love to have you. Will do. Joey Graziano, again, the head of global event strategy and development at the NBA. Thank you to him. Thank you to Marcus Freeman. NBA trade deadline five hours away. We'll have you updated all day long. Pacers, Warriors.